We do not do discounts. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, May 30th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 517. This is No Agenda. Did you just blow your nose? <laughs> Coming to you from the Travis Heights hideout in Austin, Texas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley. No, I didn't blow my nose. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> it's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. <laughs> I'm telling you, it sounded like I opened the show and you blew your nose. <laughs> what was that? Uh, you made some kind of I don't snorted. know. I think it was a, a, was a, a Skype anomaly. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he snorted. <laughs> he's like, here's, I can just, here's John on a chaise lounge. Mind you, I've never, ever seen your studio. I was not allowed to go the one time I was at your house. Not allowed to watch, to look at it. So we only have a an imaginary vision of, <laughs> of, of, your, of your archive with your chaise lounge. And now I, you know, I, 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 I. What? Yeah, I'm sitting there blowing my nose. So now I, I did all my printouts because I like to have. Oh God! I think you were doing a line. Yeah, sure. <laughs> ah, down there the show. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd be able to have a lot more energy. Yeah. So, um, so I have uh, nuts. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I have. I print out my uh, clips. Yes, uh, we know. Well, apparently the, the the printer had been defaulted to printing landscape. Okay. So I can't possibly read this like in two point type. This is horrible. <laughs> so who uh, who messed with your printer? Was that uh, Buzzfeed Junior? No, I was Junior? printing some stuff the other day, and I think I did it. So you're one of the few people I know who has a need to print something in landscape. Oh yeah, what was it? Uh, oh yeah, no, what it was was I. You know what's been bo- bothering me is this conspiracy. It's a conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, conspiracy. You know that whole thing. Uh, yeah, I live with it every day. Yeah. So I uh, I sing. Well, you know what? It's not as it, we're not talking about conspiracies. We're just talking about people that are, that are lying to us. <laughs> yeah. And, and trying to get around the lie and figuring out what's really going on. And so I went out of my way since I do have a New York Times subscription to dig up the old original. Uh, writings on the uh, Gulf of Tonkin uh, oh, incident, very good. Yeah. which is another one of those things that during this period, uh, it, you people was oh, you conspiracy oh, you're just a conspiracy person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, so, when when was this? When was the Gulf of Tonkin? What year was that? It was 1964. Right. I, I have all the printouts. Here. Right. Uh, landscape. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because it's the New York Times. So 64. But of course, since then, obviously, you know, we've become so transparent, and it's just, you know, the government doesn't lie to you yeah, anymore. Why would it get worse? No, that's impossible. So anyway, so here's an example of now you would have been, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, theorist, because you think that there was no attack. Now the funny thing was there was this, there was a, there was two incidents that took place one day after another. Uh, the second day, and this, by the way, is what created the Vietnam War for everybody. Hello. Yes, it was very important. It was a false flag. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't even a false flag. No, it wasn't a false flag. It was. A, it was, it was a... bull crap. <laughs> there was no anything. It was, it was just made up out of whole cloth. Yeah, okay. So here's what happened. There were two days. The first day was apparently the uh, we had a ship way offshore, and there was a couple of PT boats from the uh, North Vietnamese coming at, coming out there to take a look, see what was going on. And we took a couple of shots at them. Much later determined that the, the first story was, oh, they shot at us, and so we had to fire back. 
the, the real story that came out later was, no, we shot at them to get them away. So right. nothing happened. Right. Somebody must have come up with the bright idea that the next day we were under attack yes. by, the, by <laughs> yeah. the North Vietnamese yeah. out here in the middle of the Gulf of Tonkin. Yes. That day, nothing happened at all. In fact, Lyndon Johnson was uh, recorded as saying... He was uh, golfing, this, wasn't he? Wasn't he just hanging out by the poolside? He said, I think they must have been shooting at whales or something. <laughs> what he but anyway, so the idea was they, they, it was just a lie. There was nothing. Right. And right. this lie persisted. Because here's an article from 1967. This is three years later. Can, can I just say? Can I just say one thing? So I'm not quite sure what you were doing with the printouts, but if you're walking around and and saying to people, "I'm not a conspiracy theorist," here, look at this printout from 1964. Not, this is this is. <laughs> no, I, I wanted I, this for the show. I'd like to recommend you not do that because that doesn't really work. It's for the show. Okay. No, I, I don't. don't no, nobody thinks I'm a conspiracy nut anyway. Uh huh. Except, for, uh, except everyone Senator on Twitter. J.W. Fulbright, in a statement, confirmed it. This is like three years later during another one of those hearings, you know, that they're having. Oh, okay, did, did this ever really happen? Confirmed today that the, and the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and, and the staff meeting was inquiring into the 64 Gulf of Tonkin incidents to clear up uncertainties about reported encounters between the United States destroyers and North Vietnamese torpedo boats. Right. Just three years later, right. they're doing a little look, look into it. The Defense Department right. issued a statement emphasizing that the evidence that two American destroyers were attacked by North Vietnamese torpedo boats was conclusive. <laughs> yeah. Any suggestion that the August 1964 attacks on the U.S. destroyers in the Tonkin Gulf did not occur is contrary to the known facts, <laughs> the Pentagon statement said. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, so now if you're back there, and by the way, there was a lot of, there were sailors on the ships, and they told their mates and everybody, right. you know, their their uh, girlfriends and other, you know, this, nothing happened. I don't know what this is all about. <laughs> oh, nothing happened, and you go out and say nothing happened. This is bull crap. And you would be dubbed a conspiracy nut or something like that. This is just a way to marginalize the realities that are that are behind most of these stories. Well, it's, it, and, it's, and this went on for this was three years later. They're they're still denying it. Well, it's interesting you bring this up because I um, and I'll I'll just roll into a quick clip here of uh, Dick Durbin. What is he? Um, what is his, uh, what is Dick Durbin's position? Well, let's take a look in the book of knowledge. Book of knowledge, yeah. So he was on. Um, he's a head of a couple of committees. Yeah, it? he's a uh, he's a but is he, he's a congressman or a senator? Senator is he not? Senator Dick Durbin. Uh, yeah, he's a senator. Yeah, senator. And uh, so he was on some stupid show that I was, of course, watching. And um, and it's exactly this where, of course, now because of an alternative distribution method, we are now actually the majority media and. Oh my God! MSNBC now has lower ratings than HLN. <laughs> it's like, I didn't know it could go any lower than that. So, so all the cable news stations, except probably for Fox, they're down too, are really down below two hundred thousand people at any given moment. Certainly during prime time, which is really—I mean, just people. Not, it's the it's the complete minority media, but because there's so much minority media all together which makes up the mainstream it kind of looks like that's the truth but obviously we know that other things are taking place and there's an alternative distribution of which the best podcasting universe is uh, is a part of so dick durbin 
um, brings back the old meme, uh, which we've heard several times now, about the Constitution. Of course, the First Amendment would be the right to free speech, the right to a free press. Uh, it's number one in the Constitution because I think it's, it probably was an important one. They say, hey, you know what? Let's make this number one. But obviously, John, as you know, you know, that was written 200 years ago, and, you know, free speech was different then. <laughs> ...with the idea that the president has asked the attorney general to review the attorney general's own actions. Well, you, you've raised an important point, and I heard Senator Graham call for special counsel. I'm not ready to do this at this moment. I'd like to know if Holder uh, has any conflict in here beyond what we've heard uh, when it comes to the Fox case. But, but here's the bottom line. The media shield law, which uh, I am prepared to support, and I know Senator Graham supports, still leaves an unanswered question, which I've raised many times. What is a journalist today in 2013? We know it's someone who works for Fox or AP, but does it include a blogger? Does it include someone who's tweeting? Are these people journalists and entitled to constitutional protection? We need to ask 21st century questions about a provision in our Constitution that was written over 200 years ago. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sign for the T-shirt. I tweet, therefore you can kill me. This is, oh, brother. <laughs> lock me up. I have no freedom of speech because I'm a blogger. Actually, is more like it was back then with bloggers, the type of uh, people that were voicing their opinions in newsletters and elsewhere. Yeah, that, that's in, uh, you're you know, right. Flyers, pamphlets, uh, scandal sheets, and yeah, all the rest, yeah, 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 uh, which was in the 1700s, was very popular. There wasn't a giant uh, conglomerate uh, like the New York Times uh, uh, or the Times Corporation or any of these right, places. Right. There was no radio and TV. There was none of that. It was more like bloggers. Yeah, well, how so, come? I mean, how it come, should uh, be actually more applicable, not less applicable to the twenty first century demands. Thank this you. Bull crap. This guy's. This guy should be uh, voted out. Why, how does he get voted in? This guy. He's, he's against the Constitution, against the Bill of Rights. It sounds to me. No, no, no he, he's all for the Constitution, but only if you work for Fox or AP or Reuters. If you're a blogger or a tweeter, it does not apply to you. Does, so we have a similar situation. Mentioning and uh, MSNBC, I was for some reason sickly watching Martin Bashir, oh. and he had some some black professor on and Crystal Ball who talks like she's a valley girl. Again, again this this the, the whole idea of your name being Crystal Ball, and it, I guess it really is her name. I would have to be no one except a stripper would call herself <laughs> Crystal Ball, and she could be a stripper, and she could be a stripper, yeah. and it would be Crystal Balls. Hey anyway, now. so in the morning. There you go. So we have uh, them talking about the shield law. Now we already know from a previous show because we had the right clips. Let's explain that, the shield law. We yeah, we need to okay, roll they, roll back. They're busting the journalists at the AP, and they're they got this this Fox guy, you know, under. I, I don't know if he's indicted yet, but he's you know passed on what? secret information. Co-conspirator. Co-conspirator. So. Uh, so in the process of attacking the First Amendment, uh, Obama has come out and said, um, oh, we need a shield law. These, these poor reporters, he's doing it. Yeah. But he's saying we need a shield law, which is nothing but suspicious. Yeah. And so he's putting a shield law together, which is the support. There is the, the, the First Amendment is the shield law, by the way. So we don't need a shield law. And the Republicans aren't going to vote for the shield law because they think it's, it's a waste of time anyway because it's not going to do anything. And it's already been determined that the shield law would not protect the AP or anybody else because within the shield law, 
there will be a national uh, security provision. Yeah, if it's about if it's uh, about terrorism then, or anything uh, like that, that shield law won't apply. So what they're actually trying to do is institutionalize a shield law that would actually give them more power. Yeah. Can I? Uh, well, of course. This is what I always say. Whenever it's all upside down. So if they say, "Oh, this is for your protection," then of course it's not really for your protection. It's exactly the opposite. Uh, maybe we should uh, do everyone a little favor. Um, oh, my browser's locked up. The internet is just, everything just sucks. Dropbox was down. Oh, well, while you're doing that, you can play the Bashir clip with Crystal Ball. And you can hear, yeah. the, they're talking about all these, you know, these guys revealing secrets and, and the rest. And they, because it's... MSNBC, which is essentially Maslow just coming out of the White House, the the kind of it's I would I you can't call it lying, but misleading the public with this sort of chatter is amazing to me. I, I can't. It really makes you itch to listen to this. Honestly, this kind of transparency in the aftermath of these things is something that I'm not sure we would see under other administrations. So I hope that we get it right with the media shield law, which again, scandals are as scandals are. Let's focus on the issues. We do need a media shield law and we do need to have this public conversation about the balance between national security and, the, and, and aggressive reporting and journalism. Indeed. And final question to you, Crystal. Republicans oppose a shield law. <laughs> Yes. Well, and I, I think that speaks to Dr. Peterson. Is the guy laughing? Is someone yes, laughing? Yes, he's laughing like with, the, with the kind of a sick chortle. Bashir? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Quentin Tarantino laughs during an interview. Yeah. That's that's weird. It's like... Way back, it's really creepy. Republicans... And, and aggressive reporting and journalism. Indeed. And final question to you, Crystal. Republicans oppose a shield law. <laughs> Yes. Wow. Well, and I, I think that's time for the hell doll. Speaks to Dr. Peterson's point, which is that if this was a Republican president uh, who was going after leakers in an aggressive way, they would just stonewall. They would say, "This is national security. This is what we need to do." There would that's be no right. dialogue. There would be no openness to change. So the fact that it's happening under this president, under a Democratic president, I think means that there will be more transparency and potentially <laughs> there will be policy and legislative changes. That's All right, All right. Let me. Uh, By the way, she says change, and he says let's hope so. Yeah, hope and change. Hope and change. They slipped yeah. a meme. Oh, in. very good. Oh, I like that one. Now, me, they, before, they, before you uh, go also, on, before you go on, this John. is the number one administration for busting whistleblowers. This is the worst group of people, and they're just defending them. It's, it's just, let, let it just me, makes me. And I, I, I need to read this for people who are not familiar with uh, the American Constitution, um, which I think includes most Americans. Um, the First Amendment is not your right to free speech. You, would you agree with me, John? Uh, I don't know where you're going. It's the same thing with the, with the uh, Second Amendment. It is not. The, I'm going to read the text to you. Oh no! It says, it says no. You don't have no. It's a. It's. It, let it's, me let me read it. It's let me holding read it. the government. Thank you. Screwing with it you. is it is saying exactly what they want to do. It is saying you cannot do this. So important. We just read this. The First Amendment of the United States Constitution, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So 
It is not you have the right to free speech. This is it's very important that, that, that you understand because this is by the way, this will get you laid at cocktail parties big time because everyone's like the First Amendment is about right to free speech. No, it's not. It is actually saying that the Congress, the federal government may not make a rule against the free press, the freedom of the press and freedom of speech. In other words, a shield law is by definition unconstitutional because Congress cannot make a law about the freedom of speech and the freedom of the press. And this shield law, it, it's a law. Right. We always have to remember the Constitution was designed to, to make the government back off. Fact. And it wasn't – it's not about what powers they it, – it, it, it delimits their powers. It proscribes what they can and cannot do. And, yeah, you're right. That's actually Fact. a very good point. This shield law is, is not Completely constitutional. Completely com- – by definition. It's a bullcrap law anyway. It's like – I mean, it's unfortunate that but, joke but, becomes like, yeah, the portions are so small. But, but it's but – I don't understand. I don't understand why – well, I do, of course, but it is beyond me. <laughs> that not and and no one is doing this, not on any media, any of the of the mainstream media. You're not seeing it. No one is saying, "Hold on a second, it's a law," and the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law. I mean, how hard can it be? That seems pretty clear cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yet, <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, I may not be a constitutional law professor. Like well, that president. was not the most complicated thing in the world to read that. <laughs> well, apparently, well, hey, I, that was hey, it wasn't meant to be was, insulting. That was uncalled for. <laughs> it's that simple. So the whole the whole conversation is mute, a moot. It's mute too. <laughs> it's mute. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, not only am I not a constitutional law professor, I can barely speak English. All right, what's so, the second uh, clip? Yeah, no, they, they, anyway, to listen to these people, and I, the Durbin thing is, like, ludicrous. I mean, these yeah. guys don't, don't care about anything but their welfare, their yeah, personal their welfare. their personal welfare. What's your, what's your second uh, Bashir thing you got here? What's this? This is a, one, this is a what the a WTF bumper. So they're playing out, they're playing out with a clip from uh, that the, an old movie uh, about Nixon. I've read all the... King's Men. I forget the name of that movie. That all was the president, all the president's men, all the president's men. Yeah, that's it. So they're <laughs> playing the out men. with a clip from no, that. That's Obama's movie. All the King's Men. <laughs> yeah, I get it wrong. So anyway, they're playing out, and then they go to their bumper, uh-huh. and then they go to a commercial, and right. the bumper has nothing to do with anything, but it it get it got my attention. Attorney General, the highest ranking law enforcement officer in this country, is a crook. <laughs> Just be sure you're right. Huh. Three. That's the magic number. What? Three. <laughs> what? Three. It is. It's the magic number. What? Three. Somewhere in this hip. House rule number 53. Big time taste. Should fit in a little time cut. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So th- that was also old footage? The 30 th- no, the thing at the end was a commercial. No, but the thirty-three song. No, here's what they played: the they played the old footage from the movie, yeah. and then they shot a picture of the White House, right? And the bumper was that music. What? Yeah, and they played out, and then they went to a, a commercial that said fifty-three. 
but which I think was just a coincidence. But what was, what was that? What does that mu- music have to do with anything? Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, nothing. Nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. It's nothing, John. Just ignore it. And whenever you hear that music, that, that thing means nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Wow. That is nuts. So, well, I don't know. Something. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's why I named the clip WTF. Yeah, Wow. Um, okay, let's just stick on the conspiracy the- theorem for a moment. Um, th- so when we heard that they had uh, shot and killed one of the <laughs> Snar- Snarf... I love this story. Yeah, Snarf brothers uh, in Florida, immediately, you know, this uh, on the heels of two of the SWAT team members who were involved in uh, capturing the so-called Boston bombers, who... Um, Killed. I, I'm. I'm sorry. Who died? Jumping out. I'm pushing. Whatever. Falling out of a helicopter. <laughs> and then, by the way, have you seen this kid in the from from um, from Florida? Yeah. It's Kevin Rose. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's Kevin Rose. They just took Kevin Rose's picture, and here it is. Here this morning from the Washington Post, a friend of Boston suspect, Tamerlan Sarnayev, who was killed during questioning, was reportedly unarmed. Law enforcement originally told reporters that Ibrahim Todashev, quote, went crazy and stabbed an FBI agent with a knife. Yeah, and then, uh, so, and now this morning just came out, they got pictures. His father held a news conference, and they had a kill shot to the top of the head. Six yeah. to the body, one to the top of the head. Yeah. Okay, but now I'm just a conspiracy theorist, obviously. Obviously. Well, now, did you read the Atlantic article? Um, maybe not. What do you have? Okay, there's a great article in the Atlantic. Somebody sent it to us. And it goes on with the timeline. You're talking about conspiracy theories, where the story changes and changes. He's, he, had a, he was lunging for a samurai sword. <laughs> yeah, he, he was yeah, right, coming yeah. at him with a knife. He overturned a table and threw a chair at him. There was all these – every story is different. From, yeah. The cops were there. The cops weren't there. Yeah. Nobody witnessed this. Yeah. Uh, two guys witnessed it. No, nobody witnessed it. It's like the whole thing is a fiasco. This was a hit. You're just a conspiracy theorist. I mean it's impossible. There were so many people involved. How could they hide that from the, from the media? <laughs> All they have to do is tell the media. Yeah. So so last night, a couple of things happened. Uh, first of all, I'm I'm all alone here. Uh, Miss Mickey has been gone since Sunday. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and, and you know what? It sucks. I'm lonely. I oh, really am lonely, lonely. Poor boy. Yeah, I'm a little lonely. How do you do it? Well, you got kids. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's after you've been married for a little bit longer. I don't know. Um so I'm I'm very lonely, and Miss Mickey is doing great. Her show is tomorrow, and you know she's got all kinds of she's just like living it up, living it up in Europe, We're having a yeah, great she time. Tries to get back, yeah. And uh, so uh, there's two things I want to watch. One is on uh, PBS, and it was hyped all week on NPR because, of course, you know uh, Miss Mickey normally will does the NPR scanning. She'll tell me what bull crap they're promoting. I had to do besides making breakfast and all that. Now I got to do listen to NPR as well. And um, they're promoting this manhunt, manhunt, how technology was involved and was responsible for finding the Boston bombers. And I'm like, wow, I got to watch this. So I recorded it because, of course, the first thing I had to watch by request was uh, Beyond the Candelabra. Uh, 
You actually asked me if I had watched that. I was like, why is he asking? There must be some reason for this. There must be something really important about this movie. If, you know what, John? Fuck you. That's two hours of my life gone for good. <laughs> that was the most, I mean, it was the most senseless. It was painful. Did you watch it? Well, it took me three viewings and because I, I got... It was. It, I was morbidly curious because it was a piece of crap. It was. It Let's was, start with that. It was premise. the. It was the absolute. It was. There was no reason for it. Everything was gratuitous. I, you know what my theory is? Mm. My conspiracy theory uh, <laughs> is. I believe after watching the movie yeah. uh, that that Michael Douglas, when he maybe when he was younger, or maybe his dad introduced him to Liberace at some point. Oh. And I think Liberace either tried something or did something or or somehow offended and this uh, is his little way, Michael. Right, this is his way of getting back at him posthumously. And this is a this is a I mean this is not a complimentary portrayal in any sense. No. He's no. a per bald pervert. <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah. Who is just Played up as a not only a bald pervert but a a, a backstabber, a creep. This is the worst. I mean, if this is the, his legacy is embodied in this movie, Michael Douglas got back whatever justice he felt yeah. necessary to do. There's there's something behind the story. I totally agree. And uh, and although the gratuitous ass shots of uh, of Matt, uh, what's his name? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I mean, all right. Nice, nice butt, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. After the tenth time, I've seen you getting out of the hot tub. He loves his butt. <laughs> he loves showing his butt with his little, with his little tan line. The thing that really bothered me about this, and it, it kind of dawned on me, as you, as everyone knows, I think you know, I'm completely bi curious. The, it's one thing, it's one thing to be uh, bisexual, or and I have to say, homosexual, male homosexual. Um, and but the the whole th the, the, and of course this was a period piece set in the seventies and all the way through the mid eighties, but the the whole uh, uh, just the whole the way gay guys act in this it's just it's like it's annoying. It's like you know it seems like it's more than just a sexual thing. It's like a whole lifestyle that is just tiring. You know what I mean? It's just it's tiring. It's just tiring. to fit into this group. Oh, and you know, it's like I'm I'm by, oh. yeah, I'm by curious, but I can't get into the whole. Uh, I can't get into that. I just it's like what? Yeah. And I know a lot of gay guys who are not like that. They're just gay. Oh, actually, I think most of them aren't. Thank you, but whatever is portrayed on, and on television, certainly in this case, it's just like ah, oh, really one of those again. So it was, um, and then at the end, where you know, where it's like Liberace dies, and you're right because that that was the 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 tell, the giveaway is like they would not uh, let him cover the fact up that uh, he died of AIDS. Right. That was like the big thing at the end there. So yeah. uh, anyway, so anyway, thank you for ruining two hours of my life. Oh, you loved it. And I tried to get it back with it. Yes. No, I did. I did. I was really pissed off. I was mad. I'm like, this is <laughs> anyway. So I watched this manhunt on PBS. And of course, the, the whole thing from beginning to end is a promotion for um, facial recognition for the Microsoft. It's basically a Microsoft promotion, although they... Oh, for Connect. Well, Connect is a part of it because they Microsoft has built the whole New York domain system. What do they call that? They call it the... Um, 
what is it called, John? Hold on, so New York, do, like a domain of awareness or... Um, Dome of silence. No, <laughs> no. come on, help me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know aware. anything. Which I have no idea what you're talking this about. This is the most advanced domain awareness. There you go. Domain awareness. It is the. It is touted as the most advanced system. Microsoft and New York City went to London and they you know looked at, at their system. They're like, bitch, we can do better than that. And then they went to New York and they they built this system, which is which they showed. I mean, it's very impressive. All kinds of monitors, and you want someone who was wearing red? We can find him in two seconds. Anyone wearing red? Where to God, John? That's what this was about. The whole thing was promoting. I, now I feel like I should go see that if they show it again. Well, you're going to want to see it because they they. What's interesting is it's sold as how technology helped find the Boston bombers, and then almost at the beginning, it's like. Well, we really couldn't uh, recognize their faces. We didn't have <laughs> In any a million good, years. We didn't have any video, so we really it was, you know, really sheer luck that we uh, that we got this. And and it was interesting that they Why didn't they change the title of how technology didn't help? That's what it should have been. But then of course, you know, Microsoft will do all of for and the Kinect is definitely a part of that. I mean, it makes so much sense. You might as well cuz they, you know, what they had to do in the Boston bombing so this documentary uh, touts is they had to go to every single business on Boylston Street to get their video of their camera. And by the way, they got it and you know and they took it, right? So <laughs> there's also no evidence left because they basically have all the I guess files. I don't know if it's uh if it's a lot of it's on CD-ROMs. I don't know if there's any, you know, what they do with the original material. But of course, I'm watching this for one reason and for one reason only because I want to see the video where they see the guys putting their backpacks down uh, and then walking away because that that is what we've been told. There's video they put, and we've seen, and this and it's an hour long show, and we've got video and pictures and it's flying and it's whoop, whoop, zoom and hands rotate, everything's going just like CSI, and then this premiere. Within a day or so, we identified an individual who was very suspicious. He appeared to have a package with him. He put the package down, and we realized that this is most likely the bomber. Police say it's a smoking gun video that has not been publicly released. <laughs> it shows a young man with a baseball cap worn backwards, leaving a backpack on the sidewalk not far from the second detonation site. Now, let me just stop here. Because this this is all you needed to hear. First of all, it's the smoking gun evidence that we once again are not able to see. We've seen everything else, but not the smoking. The actual evidence we deserve to see is not being shown because, I don't know, Muslims will riot and it will put our troops in danger. I mean, I don't know why they're not showing it. I know why. They, you do know why well, they're not yeah, showing it. Of course, because it. it doesn't exist. Right. Um, but we're now being told once again with the voiceover, the giant voice system is telling you. So it's now being cemented into your mind. But did you catch what he said about the backpack? No, I mean, I no. Okay. Probably, I, I heard him talk about it, but I don't. Let's listen. Let's here. listen again. It's a smoking gun video that has not been publicly released. It shows a young man with a baseball cap worn backwards leaving a backpack on the sidewalk not far from the second detonation site. Well, hold on a second. Leaving a backpack on the sidewalk not far from the second detonation site? 
Well, then it wasn't. The, then it didn't detonate, did it? Oh, that's interesting. Are you kidding me? If it's not far from the detonation site, then it's not the detonation site. No, not, <laughs> not the way they said it. No. <laughs> Maybe, by the way, here's this. Here, listen to this. Now, again, <laughs> what if this was actually done to, to, to tell people exactly what you observed? In other words... What can mm. we do to oh. let people know that this is bull crap? Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. So you Oh, okay. Well, so I had, let's cuz they won't show us that. the video. So no. let's just put something in here that's a signal to the people who are paying attention. Huh. How's let's, that for possible? Yeah, let's, yeah, no. Totally possible. Let's listen to it again. We put the package down and we realized that this is most likely the bomb. Police say it's a smoking gun video that has not been publicly released. It shows a young man with a baseball cap worn backwards, leaving a backpack on the sidewalk not far from the second detonation site where two people died. <laughs> it's not exactly clear that it's a backpack initially, but later, you know, you, you, you clearly see where he placed it, how he placed it there, and then how he walked away from the scene after the first detonation, and then you see the second detonation occur. It seemed like it was well rehearsed. They focus on finding more images of the white hat suspect. And before long, he leads them to another man wearing a black hat. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so contrived. Let me see who, um, who produced this broadcast credits. Let's see. Uh, Miles, produced and directed by, because it could be, you could be right. Miles O'Brien. Again, wasn't he the engineer in the Star Trek Next Generation? <laughs> Scotty? Let's oh, see. Miles. Miles O'Brien, producer. Let's see what else he's done. Yeah, it could, yeah, it could be. Here. Can you look down the LinkedIn? Uh, Yeah, hold on. Because I don't have an account. Uh, um, let's see. Okay, you got the Facebook. I got the LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedias. Uh, Miles O'Brien. Oh, interesting. He started as CNN's chief technology and environment correspondent. Uh, the network's space and aviation <laughs> correspondent, occasional stand-in anchor. He uh, anchored the situation room in 2008, covered the terrorist attack in Mumbai, uh, okay, the Taj Mahal. Okay, so, you know, reason he looks like a typical producer. Uh, oh, oh, dude, dude. Dude. He is in a relationship with Zenny Jardin. Oh, that's interesting. So now well, obscure, and so any, it's he, funny because she was promoting it, boing boing. Oh, and, huh. and uh, shocker! Yeah, but that's very good. Did she say it was her boyfriend's production. Let me see. <laughs> she would <laughs> I have to think she, not. She would have to disclose that, wouldn't she? It's the it's the top hit. If you look for Manhunt PBS, oh, this guy, no wonder that they ran into. She, he used to be out here at KQTV. Oh no, KQTV. No, never mind. See. Now, this guy's a lawmaker. He used to be at NBC, PBS, uh, blah, blah, blah. For the past few weeks, I've been in Boston Christian hanging Science out. Science Monitor, CNN, what is NASA. Hold on a second. This is interesting. This is Zenny's. Uh, for the past few weeks, I've been, hang I've been in Boston hanging out at WGBH as Miles O'Brien and the PBS Science Program Nova worked to put this to get to put together this documentary on the science and technology inside the Boston bombing manhunt and investigation. It airs tonight and is pretty phenomenal. Manhunt Boston Bombers premieres Wednesday, May 29th 
Uh, check local listings. Let me see. Let me scroll down here. It's talking about the world of terrorism. Um, boing Boing editor, partner, tech, Jenny Jardin, hosts and produces breast cancer. And I'm sucking his cock. Yes, there it is. It says right there, John. Yeah. She disclosed it. Huh. Not. Where'd you get that? Oh. I'm reading from Boing Boing. She should have disclosed that. I think that's really bad. If she if she's seeing him or dating him. Well, she's saying for the past few weeks, she was actually with him in Boston as Miles O'Brien and Nova have been putting the documentary together. So she should say, you know, because we're in a relationship. That, yeah, she that, should. That actually. would be the proper. Th- I don't give a crap, but it would be the proper. No, thing I don't do. care either, but it would be more. Uh, more appropriate. More transparent. Yeah. But however, but it doesn't matter because. Maybe Miles is on is a good guy, and that's why it's he possible. that's why he put that yeah, in. They slipped that. I like that it. In. I like it. I I think that's. Uh, I think it's. But that's we're just making assumptions. We may be reading more into it. Well, I'm sorry when you don't show the video and you say it was put near the near the blast site. <laughs> it's just it's not the blast site. There's no right. there's no two ways to to view that piece of information. Yeah. No, I yeah. think you're right. Uh, all right, let's thank some... Oh, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, well uh, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, and in the morning to all ships that see boots on the ground, uh, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the uh, knights and uh, dames out there. Indeed, and to our uh, producers, human resources in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Nice to have you all uh, lined up, ready to go, and... Uh, depleting your $9.2 million valuation. In the morning to all of the artists, and thank you, Melissa Schultz-Jones, for the artwork for episode 516. com is where you can find all of the art that has been generated for each individual episode. Uh, although only one can be chosen, they're all great, and we often uh, go back and use them as evergreens or for the newsletter, etc. So uh, thank you so much. And we only have a couple of people to thank because I... You know, we had a short week, and no, I, I think, it's reflected in our numbers. I think it was a shitty newsletter. Oh, okay. Well, that could it was be diff- it was different. It was a, it had actual news. Yeah, I know. We, should, <laughs> Which, we probably shouldn't put any news in the was, newsletter. That's clearly a mistake. <laughs> it's like, I was actually wow, this is really good. And, you know, and I even added like the European stuff. We collaborated back and forth on the newsletter, and there you go. <laughs> So we have Sir work. Random Hillbilly, who's executive producer for show 517-33333. I don't choose what show I send to uh, money to. It's more when I can shift money around to pay you before the IRS sees it. <laughs> good for you, yeah, Random good, Hillbilly. Good work. Thank you. As Sir Chris Wolf in Mooresville, Indiana, 233.33. He'll be the associate executive producer for show 517. Payment toward my smoking hot MILF's damehood. A birthday present of myself, May 30th. Do we have that on there? I hope so. Uh, let me double check. I would have I have it on the printout, but I can't read the printout. Because it's in, uh, in portrait, landscape mode, whatever. And, then it, and for some reason, instead of putting it up at full size, it went down to two-point type, I believe. I, I, yeah, it's on there. If I get it's the magnifying there. glass, I could do it. It's on there. Uh, birthday present of myself. Uh, what a night. What's a night without a dame? Just a pre-boner. <laughs> oh. Hey, now. And May is Masturbation Month. ITM, is it really? Yes, May Masturbation Month. Everyone knows that. Okay. Sir Chris Wolf of StuffAin'tRight.com. I don't know what that means. Excellent. 
Well, so I just, uh, remind people that we do have a show coming up on Sunday. We need to uh, make, make up, up for this, this crappy so stu- day. StuffAin'tRight.com is actually quite good. Uh, let me just uh, it's uh, it shows up on the on the news network all the time. So I uh, I know he's put his uh, his RSS feed in there. Um, yeah, StuffAin'tRight.com. And go to Dvorak.org slash NA channel Dvorak.com slash NA no agenda show.com and no agenda nation.com. Click on the donate button and uh, help us out for the show 518 coming up. Well, not just help us out, but give us some value here. I mean, my my God, we're really we're really working it for you. So be- Yeah, most people have said their last couple months of shows have been dynamite. I agree. I think we've been running at a very high, uh, at a fever pitch for some reason. I think we, got to, we finally got in the groove. I will attribute at least sixty percent of that to you. Yeah, yeah. You've somehow you've you've stepped up your game to an, an you know a, a good level. You've got some good stuff. You know, you used to phone it in. You know, <laughs> no, fax it. I used to fax it. Borac org slash n. That's right. Well, thank you so much. He's a real credit, and of course, we still need to go out and propagate the Our formula. formula is this. Whoa, crash! We go out. We hit people in the mouth. Yeah, tell them what to do there, slaves. Shut up, slaves. Just got a quick couple of uh, PR mentions I wanted to get out of the way. First of all, I want to uh, send some karma to Black Knight uh, uh, George from uh, Bouncing uh, Bouncing Hill in uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. He has a lung embolism. And, uh, which sucks. <laughs> so he's in the hospital. This is where you go, oh. Oh. <laughs> so we'll send some karma out to him. You've got karma. When you got a black knight down, you got you to gotta step right in. Uh, in the show notes under the PR section, you'll see a great video of uh, one of our producers, producer Dodge in, um, Pensacola, I think, was at the big Monsanto demonstration down there. Uh, the one that was barely covered? Yeah. Well, there was a video, and uh, and is walking around with a big no agenda sign, <laughs> which made it onto the local news. We like that. That's good. And I wanted, We need more of that. And even though this is uh, below the uh, the typical mentioning level, I, I wanted to read this note. I got in, and I, it's weird. So I'm not quite sure how this happened, but um, a box showed up. A day before yesterday, which had gone to the old address here in Austin and had then been uh, the postal service is great. Of course, they're like, oh, just you know, they'll just bring it over here. Somehow they figured it out. But of course, we have huh. we have producers working at the post office. Uh, so it showed up and it's a very heavy box and it has a note. And in the note, there's thirty three individual dollars. Magic number here. And it says, hello, Mr. Adam Curry. And it's just plain paper uh, printed in uh, portrait mode. Uh, My name is Keegan Sullivan. I am 16 in high school and an amateur metal worker. I have sent you these no agenda nail clippers for your opinion and approval. Please, (laughs) Please keep in mind they are just a prototype proof of concept. They don't have any paint, polish, or fine cleaning. If you and or Mr. Dvorak would like a high quality unit... I'll be glad to make them free of charge. Thank you for your time. Please go, John, to clippers.curry.com to have a look at what <laughs> and what our uh, producer uh, Keegan has produced. Clippers.curry.com. Okay. <laughs> Oops. 
something there. Hang on a second. Go before the chat room crashes the site. You got it? No. <laughs> what? It's coming. Oh. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> It said it'd be good for uh, cutting a, a lock off a good thing. <laughs> cutting your finger off. <laughs> How awesome is that? And it works, too. It's, it works for what? <laughs> it just functions. It, the, the mechanics function. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. I think, we, I think this would be an outstanding product. What do you think? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Way to get out of it if somebody's changed you to a fence. <laughs> Anyway, I really loved it, uh, uh, Keegan. Thank you very much, and thank you for your uh, contribution to the No Agenda show. <laughs> and I also want to thank producer Mike, uh, who dropped by, and he actually took me out. People are really nice, like, oh, he's so lonely, I have to take him out. I went to see a guy play fiddle. But he made me some, some actual mead. And oh, I, mead. I mutton and mead? Yeah, well, not the mutton part, but I didn't even know what mead was until I drank what? it. No, I didn't. I didn't realize it was in England. They drink mead by the gallons. I didn't. No, I've never had it. I did not. It's an actual alcoholic beverage. Yeah, it's actually good if it's done right. So he did it in the the uh, he with honey. That's what they usually do. Water, and he he said he cheated. He put a little champagne yeast in. Yeah, that's what you'd have to do. But it really, oh my god, it was really good. We got messed up on it too. Huh. Good work. It's not like you're that lonely, getting drunk on mead with locals. <laughs> with dudes. <laughs> with dudes. This may not be a good thing. <laughs> hey, by the uh, way, I yeah. want to remind people that, you know, we, even though we came up short, that you, you do have alternatives, and we we're going to be very generous with this information. Oh. There's other podcasts out there <laughs> that are you might want to listen to once in a while, and, to, and then you can compare it to what we do on our show. We have a little clip from one of them yeah. right here. Okay. Well, Eric, we're live. That's definitely not something you want to hear right when you're live. <laughs> we're live. That's nice. <laughs> How's the lag this evening? <laughs> I'm thinking about a couple seconds, I think. Yeah, not bad, not bad. <laughs> I'll just pause, and we'll have a, a gentlemanly yeah. conversation. Yeah, you know what? We make it look easy, John. This is what people forget. Oh, they just show up and they just talk for a couple hours, just bull crap back and forth, play some little clips, talk some conspiracy theories. Yeah. And, well, there, and there you go. There's an element of that. Well, <laughs> like right now, right now is an element. But it, no, that's not what we do. Um, no, no we, we perform a function. So, yeah, we do, and it's funny because we're kind of against the, uh, I mean, we've both been in broadcasting, but the broadcasters seem to be in a panic mode, and yes. now that's yes. the first time I've ever seen a, a PSA from the National Association of Broadcasters with a bullcrap message because the, we've had these studies, we've r run through them, the, the broadcast news people have a very poor uh, uh, reputation amongst the public. Most people think that, I think 33% of don't think they're full of crap. Did you really just throw out the magic number? Yeah, I did. So uh, here's their PSA. In times of joy, in moments of grief, we are there. When the world looks for truth, broadcasters come through. 
when all else fails. Today, with more ways than ever to experience the moments that transform our lives, Americans still choose broadcast television and radio more than all other media combined. Television and radio are still the most trusted sources for news and entertainment. And our web and social sites are among the most visited sites in our daily lives. When important moments happen, both big and small, we're the first informers to history. We are the pioneers, the innovators, the local broadcasters of radio and television. <laughs> reaching more people, touching more lives. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I said. Wow. And, and first of all, we know it's not true because we know when, when, when panic strikes, when you want to know what's going on, we know that it's the ham radio operators that everyone turns to. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, where's their PSA? <laughs> we we just, need to do one. We should we, do a PSA for the, for the ham, ham radio, radio operators. There was, well, we just lost a huge, uh, a, a huge piece of um, lobbying, the ARRL -R -R lobbied uh, for certain... Mm, notching filters to be enhanced on uh, broadband over power lines, which of course is going to ruin. It's going to ruin ham radio. Yeah, I know it's a known fact. <laughs> it's going to be really bad. But this is this is very interesting because this, you, you're so right. This is what you do when you're in panic mode, and they are in panic mode. I mean, NBC just canceled. They they canceled broadcast essentially. You know, my favorite so shows. Uh, actually, the shows I like Smash. Uh, which, you know, was my, my total by curious woo dance. And by the way, the reason why it got canceled and why it lost ratings is because they they start off great with all kinds of Broadway musical dancing and singing, and that became became more and more drama. It's like, ugh. That well, was it's because they fired the, the, the show's creator. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, no, the show's creator, they fired her because no, she was doing too stupid. much. Bull crap dancing and singing, I guess. Right, but that was and the they best to be part. A, and, it would, but, and she also ran it. The storyline was long, all long, long arc, yeah. so which they don't like at NBC. They all want short arc. I don't like it either. You don't like long arc? No, it's unnecessary. Not with the, I just want. But I know, but that's what she was doing. She had right. a long arc with a lot of dancing and singing, so it was really kind of a. Well, it was also a show about writers. This is the problem. It was about writers of the Broadway shows, you know. Yeah, so it was well, whatever the case meta. was, they got rid of her and they put yeah. a new person in yeah. with a different vision, yeah, and, and they, now you get what you wanted: you short go. arc and, crap. And then there was the Matthew Perry show. I watched that, which is about you know. It, I didn't even know there was a Matthew Perry show. It was it was called Go On, and it was it, it was very good. It it was about a bunch uh, of insane, of insane people at a insane people talk group. <laughs> it was good. Oh, that should have been funny. It was funny, and he's. I funny. never even saw a promo for it. No. Anyway, but so, but the point is, if you look at the ratings, except for The Voice, everything else just pales in comparison. And you know, there's just it's they they're barely making money, which of course is why uh, I spoke to my buddy Matthew Lesher. Super Agent Lesher, who has like 20 clients you've never heard of. They're all on these like pretty little liars, all these. Sh and I've known him for 25 years. And he says, it's such bull crap. Everyone is freaking out in Hollywood because, why because? If, I, if you say Mad Men, everybody you know will go, oh, I love that show, right? Pretty much. No one watches it, John. Not even a, I, that doesn't surprise not me. even a million viewers per episode, and Duck Dynasty gets ten million. 
So the, the, it, it's obvious where television goes. You know, so it's about making money. And Mad Men, it, co- it costs more than a million an episode to make. It really does. They're just, they're just not making the money on it. So now it's a lost leader. And everyone's like, oh, yes, no, I love it. What would Don Draper do? Oh, yeah. No, you're not watching the show, people. You're full of crap. You're lying. You may be torrenting it or something like that. It's not making its money. So it's clear. You know, the only show that really is hot. And, and by the way, they are going to screw this up. The voice will get screwed up, too. Right now, they've turned it into, you know, basically, um, it's, a, it's a variety. It's a huge musical show. It's like a concert. But they're taking it too far. I can see they've got stylists in, and they're over-styling these people. They're going to mess it up. You can put that well, in the book. That's NBC. They're bound to mess of it up. Of course. Yeah. So I can see the stylists, and they're all wearing the same type of jewelry, and I see these things. I don't know. Maybe I've been in this world a long time. But it is so true that people are just they're walking away from it because inherently they feel it. They're cutting the cable. They're coming to... Uh, you know what? Even though that podcast that that is an alternative to what we play, who, what podcast was that? The one we just played? Yeah, I forgot. Oh, that's not nice. I'm not going to badmouth the guy and then mention his name. Well, then you're no better than that, Kevin Smith. Okay, you- it was. I it's. I think. I think the problem is I didn't write down the name. No, that's I think not- it's Attack of the Android. Okay, but you know, it's like if we're going to make fun of someone's podcast, at least let's promote him. Attack, <laughs> attack of the yeah. Well, what do you mean? We bitched about Kevin Smith doing that. Yeah, we did. So let's not. So let's not. Let's be cool, okay, man. Okay. Well, go to Attack of the Androids. It's about Android uh, phones. It's a it literally a show that discusses the latest builds. Well, that's kind of cool. Well, yeah, I guess. Just a t- let me give you a little tip, people. Little tip of the uh, from the Podfather here. Um, when you when you have a podcast, get right into it. All right. Don't do an opening theme song of two minutes. This is oh, so- there's a couple I, I clipped oh. that were I was going to use as the ridicule clip. <laughs> it's not. It's not ridicule. It's an alternative. The alternative clip, but it was the theme song was like five minutes. Yeah, it's so stupid. This it is- just goes on and on and on with these songs. You yeah. know, just blah blah blah. And, and and there was another one. There's a there's a podcast which I. Wanted to clip, which is the it's another pagan podcast. You should check that out. Hmm. And they have a they ha, they play a full song of some sort illegally. I might add. Yeah, I'm well, sure. I'm not well. Sure whatever. Asked it's okay. Yeah, they'll play some whole song, and then they and then they yak amongst themselves about the song, and then who's not there this week, I mean, and then I mean, they I'll start bitching about pagans. I mean, I mean, they start bitching about people who hate pagans. So my my without a doubt my hobby. My passion outside of this program is uh, high-frequency radio transceivers and antennas. I'm really into it. God knows why. There's something going on that I'm being pushed by the universe into this. So I go looking for podcasts because, you know, I don't know. I had something to do with that. And it's like, oh, this could be great because, you know, you're not going to find this on NBC. Discovery Channel that doesn't have like a thing. Yeah, maybe a ridicule. So there's all these podcasts, Linux in the Ham Shack, uh, Ham Nation, Ham Radio Today. And let me tell you something. They all suck balls, every single one of them. It's horrible. It, and people think that it's fun. It's it's not fun to listen to you talk bull crap about yourself for an hour before you get into what it's really about. 
what the what the point of your show is about. I, well, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless you have a show that's about talking bullcrap. Well, okay, then that's good. But get into it. And you might want to consider when you do it, get a chat room who can sit there and yell at you. <laughs> it, it, as far as annoying as it is, it's, it works. They, they keep, yeah, no, I think the chat room is valuable. It is, it, I, Even though I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, hold on. Let me pick myself up off the floor. It's valuable. All right. Now let's uh, let's have a little fun here because uh, this was just about the funniest thing that, that I read. So Robert Mueller... Who um, Is he quit yet? So he he wants to quit, and I think now let's let's look. So he's the current director of the FBI, and right. So, and we let's for a little background since we're doing background today. Uh, we should mention that he that the FBI after J Edgar Hoover basically took over the place and created a sort of secret police. Yes, they passed legislation that said no, you can't be in, and I don't remember ten years. Did, but I think it's four years. You can't be the director for more than just a very short time. No, no, no. I so, no, no, I think it was like. Eight years? Let me see. Director. Well, Mueller has been extended. For like 13 extended. years. 12 years. So Yeah, he was in for 12 years and they extended him, which is not the point. The point was that you got this limit because you can become the head. You can become the head of the Stasi, the secret police, if you stay there too long because you, you know where too many bodies are buried. Yeah, and we bitched and moaned about this when uh, when – when the when Congress just said, "Yeah, no, that's a good idea," you know, he's doing a really good job. Let's just—he yeah, knows the ropes. He knows. The, <laughs> he, he knows, knows the, You know, he knows what he's. He doing. He knows where all the bodies are buried. That's what. That's it's what's so obvious. So, and he was instated, mind you, three months before September eleventh, two thousand one. You know, all of this like just very coincidental stuff. Um, so he was he was brought in. Uh, then, of course, we have nine eleven, and then all just all this stuff, all the way up to the Boston bombing. Uh, that the F and and uh, face the FBI has been running honey pot honey traps for years. So anyway, so now he's finally tired, or it's getting too hot for him, or whatever. So he wants to get out. So the president decides to do something very bold but hilarious. He decides to nominate a former uh, Bush official. Uh, who was assistant attorney general during uh, uh, Bush, W. Bush. Um, and uh, he's also a Republican, and he wants him to be the next FBI director. So, And his name is James Comey, C-O-M-E-Y, James B. Comey. So I'm looking into this guy's uh, history, and I, it's like it couldn't be any funnier. It really couldn't be. So first of all, uh, this is the guy who uh, takes credit for busting and convicting Martha Stewart. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, okay. That's the guy. Wow, what a coup! But check this out. In early 2013, he left Bridgewater to become senior research scholar and Hertog Fellow, which is a great title, by the way. On national security law at Columbia Law School. He also joined the London-based board of directors at HSBC. Uh. Which is the, the bank that has been money laundering drug money Yes, that's for the money years. laundering, the big one. So, so this, this is, it is the money launderer. 
He's on the board of directors, and now he's going to be the FBI director? Are you shitting me? <laughs> I mean, is this is this like some this some joke? Like we can't even read Wikipedia? Like we don't get what's going on here? That's bad. It's horrendous. It's a, it's a, it's atrocious. And you think Obama could find somebody that didn't have these connections? That's that's no, no, funny. no. But he's not looking for. He's, this is what he's doing. This is this is intentional. There is no other way to look at it than we. Okay, so let's see. Hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, let's look really tough for a moment and do this. Arrested as he was about to board a flight to Costa Rica, the alleged mastermind of a massive online money laundering operation. Ukrainian-born Arthur Budovsky is one of seven people charged by U.S. prosecutors. Together, it's claimed they ran a company called Liberty Reserve, a digital yeah. currency exchange which became the bank of choice for the criminal underworld. No, I'm sorry. The bank of choice for the criminal underworld is HSBC. It's yes, not Liberty Reserve. No, have you noticed this? Is, we saw this on the, I think, the, either last year or the show before. That like the, And I have some clips, some more clips about this because there's been a lot of hearings on this in, over the last uh, uh, week or two. Uh, where anyone running guns to anyone other than the Sinaloa cartel was arrested. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, if you run to the Sinaloa, that's good. Because we're controlling all this. It's like we're the master well, mobster of so the country you, itself. you got to back up. So I've, I explained the HSBC drug laundering deal, and now we have a board of director member. It was more powerful often than the chief executive officer is the board of directors. He is becoming the main guy responsible for stopping money laundering, etc., into the United States, he's becoming the, the director of the FBI. Now, go back and explain what we're talking about with the Sinaloa cartel. Okay, well, the Sinaloa cartel, we, we've got the document. It was in one of the newsletters, actually, whereas they busted some guy that they couldn't seem to get out of this bus, and he says he's going to spill the beans on the whole scam, which was the, uh, the Fast and Furious uh, initiative by the Justice Department to uh, essentially, he says, to arm the Sinaloa cartel to the point where they can beat the other guys up and they and then we only have one group of gangsters to deal with to and do, we can work do, with one, we can't work with, with ten. To do business with. To do business with. <laughs> so let's play a couple of clips here. Yeah, please. That, that have to do with this. For one thing, I didn't realize the AK-47 numbers were what they were. So let's start with gun walking in Mexico, AK-47 numbers clip. There has been a worsening general perception of U.S. operations in Mexico. A turning point for Mexican public opinion about U.S. help in the war on drugs occurred after a whistleblower uncovered the so-called fast and furious operation carried out by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives between 2006 and 2011, which allowed more than 2,000 AK-47 weapons to walk into Mexico to try to arrest kingpins. This operation unraveled after the tragic death due to one of these weapons of a U.S. Border Patrol agent. The Mexican Attorney General has confirmed that some of these weapons have been recovered in crime scenes where at least 150 Mexicans were maimed or lost their lives. But few officials have either from the U.S. or Mexico even blinked an eye. As of February 2012, more than a thousand of these weapons remained walking around Mexico. <laughs> we're so, walking. So, yes, so we're, we're become walking. gun runners. 
apparently our country or our executives. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's a lot of stories that I got from this guy. This guy's a professor uh, at I think he's at John Hopkins or one of the schools. I have his name somewhere, but anyway, he's giving testimony before Congress, and he had two horrendous stories that I never heard of either one of these uh, uh, situations. Uh, uh, but it's like, did you, I'm, I want you to play clip two and tell me if you knew about this of suspects or civilians. Meanwhile, criminal gangs have fragmented. They have diversified their criminal portfolios and drawn uh, much of their two? income from... Yeah, it says... Uh... Guns Walking 2, did uh, we know about no, this? No, I'm sorry, my mistake, right. My mistake, here it comes. Another incident that acted as a significant eye-opener for both Mexican society and the U.S. government was the ambush of a U.S. vehicle with diplomatic plates. Yeah, we remember this. We talked about this. It was crazy. Carrying two yeah. CIA agents, which came under attack by... Mexican federal police forces. In addition, President Calderón allowed U.S. unmanned planes to operate in Mexican territory without even most of his close collaborators knowing about this. For many, Calderón's strategy had gone berserk, <laughs> and as a consequence, there was a significant public opinion backlash against the no-strings-attached access given to U.S. law enforcement, intelligence, and military forces. So kind of an odd way, it's like there's a weird war going on with Mexico, in Mexico, between different kinds of factions in Mexico itself. Yeah. It's very strange. And and the, and the thing that really gets me, and I, I want everyone to listen to this next clip, which is number three, the horror story. But can I just say, can I interject for one second? Because something happened to me. I just want to say it now before I forget. There were... I can't remember what it was either when I saw your clip list come in or something happened this morning and I had this really faint notion, I've learned to listen to it, that somehow all of these things are going to get tied together. And I'm talking about this, uh, but I'm also talking about um, Newtown, Connecticut. Remember these were Germans come up from Mexico. I just, I had, I just wanted to mention it. I had this like weird thing that... There is so much more connected than we can even figure out. And now we get this director from HSBC. There's something big going on that maybe we just haven't seen the full picture yet. I just want to put it out there. I think we're slowly getting there. Yeah. So that this is a reason that I'm just going to say this. This is a this next clip is the reason I don't think personally that anyone should go to Mexico over the next few years on a vacation. This is clip three. Yes, it says point number three. It is my view that it is right that lowering the levels of violence, official impunity and homicides has become the Mexican government's top priority. My own position, after having heard many family, friends, working colleagues, acquaintances scattered around my country, from Mexico City to Morelos to Michoacán to Jalisco to Coahuila to Nuevo León, is that everyday living conditions during the last six years have deteriorated significantly. Extortion, almost unheard of among the backbone of middle-class Mexico, doctors, lawyers, economists, engineers, has become endemic in the last few years. A case that helps to illustrate the climate of intimidation that society is under, given the collusion between drug trading organizations and high-ranking members of local, state, federal governments and police and military officers, occurred to someone my family knows well. The individual in question is a prestigious heart surgeon who is well known for his involvement with good causes in his city. 
A military platoon was sent to take over his house without a search warrant. His crime, his daughter's mother-in-law, was a state attorney general who resigned and threatened to go public about systematic corruption and close links between the military stationed in the area and the drug trafficking organizations. The military ransacked, robbed, destroyed, and defecated in the doctor's house. <laughs> the doctor, an influential individual in the city, went to see the general in charge of the garrison stationed there. He was told that the action had been just a taste of what could happen to him and his family if his daughter's mother-in-law Opened her mouth. I will poop in your house. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mickey keeps trying to get me to want to go to Mexico. I'm like, no, I don't think it's a good idea. Play I that clip to her. <laughs> don't worry. She heard it. She heard it. That's so, very good. So we have the... Now, after he spoke, a, another guy came up to give a, a, a rundown of the situation. And this is the and this is the other guy, and the winner is a clip. Uh, it, this kind of like I, this is what brightened me up, <laughs> made me get all these clips because this again brings back home what that guy's going through in Chicago and what he threatens to uh, blow the whistle on. It is right here. Of suspects or civilians. Meanwhile, criminal gangs have fragmented. They have diversified their criminal portfolios and draw much of their income from local revenue sources such as drug peddling in the increasingly large local drug market. I love how it's a business. This is it's like <laughs> I love all the business terms that are and you know they've got advertising budgets, direct marketing, you know, yeah. PR people, extortion, kidnapping, oh, theft right. and other activities. The most formidable of these organizations is known as the Setas, a military-minded group that is focused on controlling physical territory and has a wide portfolio of activities. It has also grown exponentially during the last few years. Because its revenues come from local criminal activities that can be practiced anywhere and by virtually anyone, the CETAs have created the ultimate democratic model of organized crime. It is a model that can be easily replicated across Mexico and is therefore inherently vulnerable to suffering internal splits itself. Perhaps the most enigmatic example of these challenges that the Mexican government faces and during the last five years of its time is Ciudad Juarez. Between 2007 and 2011, this city went from about 300 homicides per year to over 3,500 per year. <laughs> the astounding spike in violence during that period has been matched only by the surprisingly precipitous drop in homicides, which is back down to about one per day. There are many ways to explain this drop in violence. The most cited explanation is that in the war between the two largest criminal groups in the area, one became the winner, the Sinaloa cartel. Right. In this narrative, this criminal group is maintaining order in the underworld, something that seems like an oxymoron and hardly sustainable. Yeah, exactly. That's our boys. That's <laughs> good work. Go team. Get it. Go team S. <laughs> <laughs> do they only have only one murder a day now, down from ten? Yeah, that's good. It's good work. Yeah, we do we do good work. Uh, good work. Our uh, attorney yeah. general and the boys. Yeah. Meanwhile, well, you know, I, if I just glance over at the CNNs right now at this very moment, they're playing this. Well, the authorities say a yeah. Disneyland employee right, has right. been arrested on suspicion of putting a so-called dry ice bomb in a trash can <laughs> where it exploded yesterday. Police say twenty-two-year-old Christian Barnes was arrested. 
<laughs> oh, shit. A dry ice bomb. Barnes worked as an outdoor vendor for Disneyland yeah. and is being held on a million dollars bail. million dollars bail. Barnes placed dry ice inside a water bottle in the trash can as a way to create the blast. The blast. The blast. blast. Are you kidding me? We used to do that when I was a kid. I got an email from I got an email from someone and it was so. How pathetic did we become? And, and you know it was. And why doesn't somebody at CNN say this is stupid? Because well, <coughs> you know the answer to that because, and this is what people are seeing. It's like you this. The, it's the same people who run the Sinaloa cartel deals run the media. It's the same people. It's the same people. It's the same corporate. You know this is. I was listening. There's this whistleblower from the World Bank. I must say, I was. It was brought. She was brought to my attention um, because she was a guest on the Alex Jones show, and and I don't like promoting him because you know he's a seed seller. It was quite funny actually. Um, so she's at the World Bank, and she is uh, has been blowing the whistle since I think 2006. Uh, yeah. She's yeah. probably out of breath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, hey, let me write that down. That was a good one, John. Hold on. That was one twelve. Okay, twelve. Um, and so she got fired. She, she was a top economist uh, inside the World Bank, and she says, "Look, you know, the whole thing—it's corrupt, and we probably will not be allowed to choose the president of the World Bank by 2010 if we keep on going like this." And of course, that came true. We no longer choose the president of the World Bank. Uh, but the World Bank is a part of the global financial system of really of the New World Order, if that's what you want to call it. And it was pretty interesting because she said a couple things. Um, one is that the global corporation really does exist through directorships. And I saw this on a smaller scale in Gitmo Lowlands when I was in the Netherlands, where everybody's on each other's board. And because and we have that, you know, we've seen it too, John. You and I have seen this personally. But when you really look at the scale of like an HSBC, and now we got one of the boys. <laughs> you know, our boy is going to be running the FBI. You know, it's 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 not hard to see how the criminal activity takes place at this high high level. And she was really good because what I liked about what she was saying was that at this point Europe is completely screwed because they've given up all their sovereignty to uh, to Brussels, but America is doing quite well because we have all our local governments, and we're just we're just not at the end of the day, maybe California, but we're not going to take the crap from the federal government. And right now, all the federal the federales are trying to do is control their own demise to make the landing as soft as possible because it is coming apart at the seams, and part of that is what we do. And I'll give I'll give other shows like that some props as well. What was funny at the very end of that segment, and she and um, Hugh, uh, what was her name? Hudas, I think. Karen Hudas. Let me just check. Um, she's pretty, she has a website with all her documents, and uh, let me just check. I think it's Hudas. Um, no, maybe not. I'll look it up. Um, at the very end, you know, she's saying, you know, but it's okay because we're going to be okay. Yeah, we're going to go through a rough period, but. Uh, you know, there's not going to be any killing. They're not, you know, the the federal government's not going to come shooting everybody. We're not going to have to you know, begin into gunfights. And it was funny because Alex Jones' head, I thought was going to explode. He, he couldn't. He was like, "Yeah, but, can't sell seeds." He, he was like, "Yeah, but we're we're in a war. We're in a war. It's an info war. It's a war. They're going to come for our gun. We're going to blow it. Blow it. Let's go to a commercial." 
and buy I was seeds. Like, buy seeds, buy guns, buy, buy storable food, buy some water filters. And it, but it was really funny that way because I was like, wow, this woman is actually saying something really smart. And like, you know, some producer got fired over that interview because she was, <laughs> she was actually really quite good. Um, and this is, this is really what's happening. And I, I really do, yeah, kahudes.net. So Kilo Alpha Hotel Uniform Delta Echo Sierra.net. Uh, and her website has all these documents and, uh, uh, about the World Bank and everything. It's all PDF stuff. It's, it's an interesting, very interesting uh, uh, story. And, of course, she's been completely marginalized. And, you know, it's like... And, oh, yeah, you can't win. No, no, you can't. You can't. But that is kind of what I like is because people's minds are changing. And it's it's still going to take a long time. And just we are in a huge reality show. And there will be... Contestants voted off the island. I'm very sorry. <laughs> so a lot of you are going to have to go. And I don't know where you're going to go, but you fall off. And it's not you listening to this show. But everyone else, you know, who's going to be like, oh, oh crap. You know, you're going to lose. But it will, it will, you know, well, it'll be okay. I think. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Well, it took, you know, that book, uh, you got a copy of it, the, the one about the, the family that moved to Nazi Germany. Yes, I've started that. Uh, I, I put it in the book club show notes for the last show. Um, yeah, what's the name of it again? Do you have it handy? Yeah, I can go into the show notes real quick. And it was 516. And count it down. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There we go. And book club. I'm really good. Book club in the Garden of Beasts, right in the Garden of Beasts. Damn, so I started reading it. That was it. good, and I was. Uh, it's interesting because Germany had slipped into a uh, kind of a bad scene, uh, to say the least, especially during this, the Hitler era, <laughs> where they were beating people up. Yeah. just generally, it was just. Yeah. A, and I, I was thinking that what could we ever? Because the reason we even talked about this book is because. We have to sit around the dining room table saying, what if we were in Germany in the late 1930s? What would we be talking about? How would it be different than the way we're leading our lives now with this kind of kind of a semi-corrupted system? Semi? Okay, a corrupted system. Well, I don't think everybody's corrupt, but it's, it's, a, it's kind of a fascist-like environment we're in. The, the, you know, the shield laws, the bull crap on television, the MSNBC shills, the whole thing. It's just all bad. It's a bad scene. Would that be similar to Germany? And then I, I think there's a lot of similarities, but not the the violence in the street, even though there's some perpetrated by the government. And I know that they do it a little bit. I, I think they probably did beat up a bunch of these protesters that were in the uh, Occupy movement, yeah, uh, which may be the same. But this actually, with that book indicated to me that this mentality of Germany to be a bunch of militaristic thugs really began in the 1890s. Oh, and it, okay. It's made very clear in that book. Yeah. So it actually took... 40 to 50 years to get where it got, where the country was destroyed by the rest of the world because it becomes such a bunch of a-holes. Did you just say that basically the Holocaust was a bad scene? It's a bad, it was a bad scene. It's a bad scene, man. Was, so, so how long? So of course, we know that uh, certainly with Operation Paperclip, but with, uh, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of Germans and certainly Germans with this type of attitude moved to the United States. So are we now 40, 50 years uh, on? Is it now our time? Are we, is it time for a bad scene here? I don't know, but it seems like we're sure leading up to one. 
Yeah, but of course they didn't have interwebs and uh, and stuff like that. You know, they didn't well, have any, yeah. really. That, all- yeah, maybe the internet will save us. I I think the internet <laughs> can be turned against us rather quickly. I disagree. I am going to disagree with you big time. And I and I, I think I have said this before. Uh, if you consider Facebook, Twitter, Google, etc., to be the internet, <laughs> then yes, yes, that will turn. That is against us already. It has happened. Well, it's most done. people don't ever get off their uh, Facebook page. Right. But if you look at the network that is the network, you know, the, the Internet sees Facebook as a bug to be routed around. I mean, there's, there's, there's no necessity for it. In fact, it's funny because I've been working with Dave Jones and, uh, on the Freedom Controller. And the Freedom Controller, the show has been running on the Freedom Controller for, I'd say, almost a, over a year now. And it's you know it's it's really the the crux of the system that works for me at least for maintaining all of the show notes for really keeping track of stuff um, that in conjunction with a couple other technologies but you know really um, we are going to make what bugs me is we've got like twenty five hundred producers actively posting stuff to to Google Plus and some of it some of these links are really really good. Um, now, what is annoying is there's no, you know, it's not easy to like unsubscribe from an individual who just posts crap that you don't want. I mean, all these things that we've solved a million years ago when it wasn't a centralized Google experience. And hopefully within the next, I'd say, three to four weeks, uh, we'll have an open sign up for all of these producers. I want to hijack all of you and grab all of you and bring you away from Google into the freedom controller we're going to even try and make some of it look like like the google plus kind of like the we have a post with a picture just so you can feel comfortable but we need to get everyone and this is no there's no money and not going to make any money on this at all it's funny um i i um, on memorial day my ex-wife called me and uh, she's bitching about money you know, and our divorce is done and finalized three years ago. And, you know, I, I got no money. She's like, hey, you should give me money. <laughs> it was essentially her. <laughs> that she was called her. you to ask you for money. This, is she still working? Uh, yeah, but she's, you know, she wrote this tell-all book. And in the tell, she made a big mistake. In the tell-all book, uh, she wrote that she slept with John DeMol. And John DeMol is one half of Endemol, you know, producers of The Voice. Uh, just as you know, but huge, huge entertainment uh, uh, conglomerate. He not only owns one of the networks, but he produces half the shows for all television in the Netherlands, which is what my ex-wife does. And, uh, and you know, it was like she slept with a couple of people. This was part of her book. And that's because the publishers really pound a poor yeah, they book want. writer. Come on, you got to get some dirt in there. You're never going to sell a copy if you don't get some dirt in no, there. No, I think she also uh, wanted to say this. I think it was a part of her. Well, that part was of a her mistake. Thing. Yeah, it was a mistake because first of all, uh, the other guy denied it. <laughs> One guy denied it. That's pretty bad. It's like no, that's bull crap. <laughs> but then John Demol also denied it, and he said. This book isn't written, isn't worth the trees that were pulled down for the paper it was written on, and she'll never work again in this business. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? What was she thinking? I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's what I said. I said, well, you better start writing some more books. It's a bestseller. 
Yeah, whatever well, that she, means. Maybe she's a good writer. She should. But she that's what she's going to have to do she then. She didn't. She didn't write. You it. don't write that sort of thing until it's a, your deathbed. You're you got the book in the in advance. It's going to come out after you die, and your kids are going to get the money. That's where yeah. that, where those things happen. Yeah. No. So she didn't. The, her sequence of events was differently, and it and it results in hey, you should be paying me some money. <laughs> and uh, now, how was I getting to this? I was there, was. there was a reason for me bringing this up. Besides just complaining. Yeah, I was on oh, no, the holiday. No, oh, yeah, no, 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 got I, got no, I got it. 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 And then and then she's like, well, you know, a long story short, I'm like, you know, I, I do a podcast now twice a week and I ask money, to, people to send me money. That's how I live. And I live in Austin. I don't live in, on the coast. I live in the middle of America. It's much cheaper. So this is so you're asking me for money. No, you know, it's like, and I already, whatever my daughter wants, you know, when she needs help, I help her out. And, um, and they said, but you know, you, you always said that you were going to change the world and you're going to do something. I said, yes. And I'm, I am positive. You never said it was profitable. That's exactly what I said. I said, I know I'm going to change the world for sure. I don't think I'm going to make a dime with it. (laughs) I'm going to change the world. And I think the freedom controller, freedomcontroller.com, you can already download uh, the the sources and you can set up your own version of it and they all tie together in a distributed network without a central central uh, hub so there's no central system yeah there's no Google server there's no nothing they can flip the switch on exactly and so hey they, flip that switch yeah so and so when I look at the internet when you say they can turn it against us yes of course they can turn the web portion which and which is already being turned against us. I mean, my God, it's a piece of crap. The web is just crap. And the technologies that are, it flash, it's just like, it's, it's, it's killing my life waiting for this stuff to, to, to work. But, um, you know, you'll see it now. What's well, funny because I have a, uh, we now have well, a. Before you go on, let me finish my little bit. Sorry. And, I got, I got uh, excited, there. which was that I thought that things were, you know, going to turn sour, and that we might be in the. Here's this this clip here, which is the Department of Homeland Security and Phoenix. This was about when Occupy was in Phoenix, and I think that this happened everywhere because Occupy has kind of fallen off the face of the earth. And maybe what's described in that book that we're talking about, where the right. where the street beatings were taking place. It may be upon us that so we're just not noticing it in the positions we're in. Matt Rothschild's also the author of You Have No Rights, Stories of America in an Age of Repression. Matt, welcome to Democracy Now! Just lay out what you have found. Hey, Amy, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, these documents from the Center for Media uh, and Democracy and DBA Press show that law enforcement and Homeland Security have equated protesters, left-wing protesters, as terrorists. They've diverted <laughs> enormous amounts of resources from counterterrorism efforts to spying on these local protesters. And then they've collaborated with the private sector, some of the very institutions, banks, that these protesters were aiming at. And as you read in that statement from the Phoenix Police Department, the effort was to mitigate these protests. I mean, why is law enforcement, why is Homeland Security in the business of mitigating protests? Well, because we got to shut them up. That's why. Let's shut these people up. I mean, hey, banker, what else do you want us to do for you? We'll crack heads if you want. But, he, but I mean, just look at who's running it. Now, you know, you know that Mickey had to get a parole. Did we talk about this? No. Okay. So, because the green card application is in process, and on June 18th, I think, we go in for the interview. Des interview! 
where we have to prove that, you know, it's not some sham wedding that, you know, that we just so she can get her green card to suck off the resources of America. You know, she's a contributing tax paying member of society. But OK, so she has to leave to do her show because you, know, you just can't wait until after the after June, you're not going to do a, an art show. So she has to get parole. It's it's literally called parole, and it consists of a document. John, I thought I was in freaking Russia. It's this whole document that says because of you know her contribute the important contribution to the monetary success of the American society, she can go and go work and has her picture in, in, embossed into this, and there's like. And there's a big raised seal stamp on wow. it. And then there's a circle for when she comes back into the country for the agent there to stamp. It's, it's, it's frightening and embarrassing, completely embarrassing that this is what the country has become. Hey, boss. And you look at Janet Napolitano and just put a mustache on her and she's Hitler. Sorry, couldn't resist. Kind of a kind of a chubby hit. Yeah. So, but of course, you know, everyone is a terrorist. Uh, now we have this uh, this poor kid. Uh, this is my favorite report because, uh, well, he has a rare disease, which I guess I have too. And held on $2 million bail after planning to kill his classmates at his high school. Today, students return to class with some extra security on campus as we learn new details about the alleged deadly plot. Mr. Acord, um, can you hear me? Yes, Your Honor. Grant Accord looks like most other high school students, but this 17-year-old... That's very important, by the way, how they set that up. He looks like most other high school students. Could be a high school student right now sitting next to you. He's accused of plotting to kill his classmates and teachers at West Albany High School in Oregon. Accord faced a judge and some serious charges the same day his classmates returned to school with extra police on campus. We're not scared as a school of the whole thing. We're... Now, this kid is being touted as the hero because he saw something and said something. You know, shocked that it happened here at West South. I.e. Uh, NSB, the National Socialist Bundes, the, uh, the, the, the Hitler the Jugend. Shirts. The brown shirts, yes. Well, NSB actually uh, that's was... That's right. The brown shirts were some huge long name I can't think yeah, of. Yeah, the Brown, uh, the, the NSB was actually the collaborateurs who would then rat on you if you were hiding... Collaborator! If you were <laughs> hiding Jews. I mean, you know, I uh, never would have imagined anything like this happening. Police began investigating when a fellow student reported overhearing a court make threats to blow up the school. And according to court documents, police found a hidden compartment in his bedroom. Oh, okay, yeah. now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, with this For some poor... reason, when, he, when I heard that bit, I immediately thought of Porn. office space. And again, well, you know, I'm going to blow up the place. I'm going to I'm going to set the place on fire no. if I don't get my red stapler back. I immediately thought porn magazines because yeah. I, I had a, a secret hiding spot, too. With six destructive devices, including pipe bombs, Molotov cocktails and Drano bombs, along with written and typed plans to carry out a mass murder. In another report, by the way, they talked about him having a napalm bomb, which is like, really? His plan was laid out in detail. Approach the school with a duffel bag and a napalm bomb. Stop. Yeah, napalm bomb, of course. What does napalm bomb consist of, John? Well, as far as I know, Drano? it's jelly gasoline. Is that Drano? No. 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 As far as I know, I, I'd have to look. I'll look it up while we're playing so this. It, but, yeah. but it's generally only useful as a 
aerial uh, device because when it hits, it throws this fire. Sh- right. It's like it's like a, so there's no you would put it in one spot. It's not going to do anything. No, it's it, like a, a joke. Right. It'd be like lighting a sterno can and throwing it. I guess. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. Start firing and then coolly state the Russian Grim Reaper is here. All right. <laughs> There's so many memes in this, it's great. Investigators don't know why Accord wanted to... Why, this is all pre-crime. The kid did nothing. ...to hurt his classmates and then kill himself. In a written statement, his mother said, my heart goes out to everyone affected by Grant's struggle with Pandas. Ah, there it is, Pandas! Now, do you remember Pandas, John? Remember when we talked about Pandas, what this was? Yeah, vaguely. This is like some ailment. Pandas was the ailment that all those girls were with tics that were diagnosed with. After oh, right, the ones that we surmise had to do with the... The, uh, Gardas- the, the Gardasil vaccine. The Gardasil shots. Right, right. So PANDAS is basically Tourette's syndrome. A rare form of OCD. Which is also a form of Tourette's. This is a challenging and confusing time for everyone who knows Grant. <laughs> Classmates describe him as a quiet student who yeah. often slept at his desk. Oh, yeah. I thought about that all weekend. I, just... I can't take it anymore. So I slept at his desk. The, he's some poor little kid, and he's he's writing some fiction. Yes, but then, but so the whole idea is he's frustrated. He's getting it out of his system. They're trying to keep this from happening. So, you know, when I was a kid, they used to have cowboy and Indian fights. Uh, and there's yeah. now they you know they don't <laughs> do it. Is that, you even have a? Is what that, happened to the cap gun? Hey, hold on a second. Stop. 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 I'll bet you. That if you do cowboys and Indians in school, that you get that you get suspended, because you know. Oh that, yeah, absolutely. You can't For, do more that. than a few reasons. Yeah, one, it's racism, <laughs> violence, guns. Wow, I hadn't even thought of it. We used to do play cowboys and Indians. That's what you did. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Um, I'm gonna play cowboys and Indians. Okay. And then we had rock fights. You ever have yeah, a rock had, fight? But the cowboys and Indians, you used to have these cap guns. Yeah, you, you can't find a cap gun if you, you, you. I don't know where you'd get one in an antique shop, but then you can't find the caps for it. There used to be these long strings of things, and you, you roll it in there, and you could you could shoot twenty. I think it was about a hundred shots. Bang, 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 and it'd make a loud bang, a boom. Which brings us to this note sent in by our. A producer in St. Louis. It has been said about the cons of always carrying your cell phone in hand. But roughly around 11 Tuesday morning at the University of Missouri, St. Louis, it proved to be a very good thing. Now, this is a note he sent us about the giant voice system, which has been implemented at his school, uh, which is not an actual giant voice system, but it is a text message system. You all oh, yeah. listen to all the memes in this and and what actually happened that triggered this giant voice system to go off and everyone to be warned about the terror. There's people in class that are like freaking out and they're putting freaking chairs at the door. Freaking I, froze. Out. <laughs> I was so silent and my hands were sweating. All students and most staff received an alert saying man with guns seen in Lucas Hall. Police have been unable to confirm this. Avoid Lucas Hall. Secure in place. Don't come to campus. I'm glad I got the alert right away. I mean, we knew everything was going on right when I got it, the door shut. You hear this person speaking? She's one of the people who will get voted off the island, okay? Just so you know, so you can identify them. And then when it was lifted, the door opened. Campus police who had swarmed the building put it on lockdown and searched from room to room quickly determined it was a history professor who'd been spotted with a six-foot-long musket-type rifle, an antique prop for his class. 
Poor professor, you know. <laughs> I hope that doesn't deter him from bringing his props to school. <laughs> it may have seemed to students like nothing more than a mistake, but to school officials, it was proof that a new text alert system put in place a week ago works. Oh, how coincidental. This is... Was, was this... What school was this? Uh, USML. What's that? U- UMSL, sorry. University of Missouri-St. Louis. Huh. This Some is, guy brings a prop, a musket. <laughs> of course, nobody knows what a, what a real gun looks like anymore. No, this, no. This is, this is slave training, John. This is slave, yeah, totally. slave training. Slave yeah, it training. It works. It works. At least we got to test it. You want? Oh, let me just stay on this, and then we'll go to break because I got I got emails to read. I got so much. I don't have enough. You know, it's like I just I don't have enough show to get everything in. This is Mount Vernon, New York. Uh, you want to talk about slave training, man? This Our is... hangouts filling up with people coming in long after the gates are locked. Yeah, well... So let me explain what the story is here. So, um, the playgrounds. Now, remember what we used to do? I mean, uh, you know, it's like. We after school or at night. Hey, where are you going to go? Uh, you know, this is beyond the playing cowboys and Indian stage. Yeah, I'll go hang out at the basketball, the playground, whatever. Where are you going to the playground? You know, hang out. You know, because the kids are all gone, and that's when you come out there. And you, you hang out. And what do you do? You smoke cigarettes. You know, you exchange your porn mags. You know, talk about you know chicks who you'll never get. You know, and then ooh, maybe someone brought some reefer. Ooh, you know, stuff, right? No longer, my friends, the giant voice system is here. Now, one local city has had enough, and its leaders are taking steps to put a stop to it. Eyewitness News reporter Marcus Solis has the story. Like any surveillance camera, the ones going up in Mount Vernon take pictures. But get this, they talk, too, giving trespassers the following warning. Stop. This is a restricted area, and your photograph was just taken. We will use it to prosecute you. Leave the area now. How awesome is that? Wow, that's great. <laughs> now, listen to them justify it. Today, Mount Vernon officials showed off the city's newest crime prevention tool. The cameras are meant to deter illegal activity and vandalism at parks and playgrounds after hours. We want to send a message uh, that uh, this is, if you're going to do evil things, this is not the city to do it. I think that this will <laughs> Really? This is how you do it, huh? Help ensure the different parks in Mount Vernon to ensure that other people can live safely and children can live safely. So this is kind of... Now what hold I, up in their house, shivering behind the the, the, the furnace, they're just shaking as they're worried sick. They, that's how they live safely, by staying home and curling up like a ball? Is that the idea? Well, there's no community centers or anything anymore in any, any of these towns. The whole situation is completely out of control. No one of these kids are like... Going nuts. There was some. Uh, there's some balance to this report, as you'll hear, where they, uh, where people said, "Well, this is a ridiculous expenditure. Why not? Uh, I don't know. Make the playgrounds nicer." Cameras are solar powered and motion activated. The flash is powerful enough to photograph a suspect up to a hundred feet away, even in darkness. Each unit costs six thousand dollars, and there are a number of residents who say the money is being misspent given the poor conditions in some of the playgrounds. You poor black people. There's nothing in here, so why you got cameras in here? Don't nobody be in here. It's really sad because these kids don't have nowhere to go, yeah. nowhere to play. What are they going to play on? It's, everything over there is tore up or messed up. But officials say they can't fix up the parks until they crack down on vandalism, hence the cameras. <laughs> As for those concerned about invasion of privacy. Oh, okay. You ready for this? What what would the line be from the city officials about being concerned about your privacy with these cameras? You're not doing anything wrong. 
It's not a problem. <laughs> you would hear people say, why all these cameras? But if you're not doing anything wrong, don't worry about the cameras. <laughs> and I nail it? It's a no agenda show, ladies and gentlemen. It's brain dead easy. I would like to point out that we have not spoken before this program. We never talk, in fact, because we've had enough of each other by the time we're done with the show. So this is uh, this is literally just because... And everyone else who listened to the show knows you knew it was coming, didn't you? You knew it. You knew it was coming. Yeah, this is slave training people. So uh, allow me to um, just take a moment here and uh, this will... Uh, I guess this will actually give you, you know, give you a little break. Hold on a second. Where is it? Uh, yes, here it is. Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email on the No Agenda Show. Now, we didn't get to it on Sunday, so I want to make sure, because we're kind of talking about the slave training, This is, uh, you know, these are the notes that we get. We get them from predominantly young people who, you know, who are very creative, by the way. Witness, our producer who made the giant nail clippers. I mean, come on. This is, that is the stuff I love. I love seeing creative people and young people who understand that, uh, you know, that the, the future is not what is being portrayed on the telescreens. Uh, this is uh, so. The first one is from. Uh, I think I have to keep him anonymous. Uh, okay, seventh grade. This is a couple of years ago. I had some crazy notion that pranks were okay. <laughs> you know this can't end well. <laughs> so I wrapped a piece of copper wire around the two prongs of a lamp in my English classroom. So then, it was, when it was turned on, when class began, the short circuit would cause an exciting pop sound. And as I had tested this at home, I knew nothing too horrible would happen. <laughs> this sounds like something I could have done, by the way, when I was a kid. However, after events like Columbine, already power-hungry administrators and staff saw this as an act of terrorism, and I was found to be a suspect. I was questioned by the assistant principal and a police officer. I did not know my rights, nor did I know that what I confessed was being put in a police report that would be used in court when the case was pursued as felony arson. <laughs> my parents had been notified had not been notified until after my confession, despite the fact that I was a minor. Um, I was sent to the alternative school for a semester and some months where I was separated from the other kids and the only student there who was not yet in high school, incidentally, the only one not sent there for either fighting or drugs on school grounds. From what my friends back at the middle school told me, my English teacher was once heard referring to me by name as the kid who tried to blow up the school. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? Um, Man, we're, this is bad. <laughs> this is fantastic. Those are great teachers, too. Uh, I, strongly, I strongly believe this circumstance did a number on my social skills, but who knows? I failed a couple of classes thanks to teachers not consistently sending over the work I was missing. I'd never been a problem to any of my teachers. This ruined my reputation, cost my parents a good amount on court costs, and finally the judge settled on $20 compensation to the school so they could replace the wall outlet cover. If that isn't enough, it turns out the officer who questioned me illegally had been really into child porn and lost his job, although that bit made the local paper. No mention was made of him being the cop that was des designated to the halls of the middle school. 
I know this may not be considered typical, but feel free sharing anything but my name if you see fit. This happened in my hometown of suburban area, an hour's drive straight north of Dallas, Texas. And by the way, I like what you're doing in John Boba. Thank you very much. I was bred on the techie, the techie pablum, so I'm in the typical listener. De- okay, great. Um, so that was uh, the kid who blew up school, basically just a prank, a prank. And that's... This is how crazy that, it's but it was a, No offense to, to our to our uh, producer, but it was kind of a lame prank. Um, yeah, but still funny. Yeah, and it was probably did like a five to six bucks worth of damage, maybe, if that. 20, he wound up paying 20. Here's a second one from... It's ridiculous, by the way. That whole story is... It, it just shows you how sick this sy- sy- system has become. So I'm not sure... Um, oops, hold on a second. So... Uh, hold on, let me just get this here. So, this and by is, the way, don't start confessing. No, never, 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 never. Certainly not if you're just never. Don't confess anything. Certainly not with a cop. It used to be different. All right. So this is from a um, father, um, as in a religious father, uh, and I'm not sure if I can mention his name. So. Uh, yeah, uh, I won't. Uh, in the morning, Adam, here's another story about training drills at schools with a little different spin. I'm the pastor of a small parochial school in a town of about 10,000 people. After Sandy Hook, because parents and staff were freaking out about school safety, we called the local police department to send a liaison to do a walkthrough of our facility. After the walkthrough, the liaison recommended that we invite the county's tactical response team, their version of SWAT, to provide training for our staff. <laughs> <laughs> this is great stuff, by the way. You can't, This is fantastic. During a teacher in-service day, when there were no students at the school, the TRT, the Tactical Response Team, came to train our teachers. While I was expecting a morning of being told to hide in the corner of a classroom if an armed assailant entered the school, it was a bit of a surprise when we learned that the TRT wasn't there to train the school staff. No, they were there to run drills themselves. They had 9mm Glocks and AR-15s set up to shoot paint-filled gas cartridges at each other. They were happy to have the floor plan of our school to add to their database and spent the morning shooting at each other and the walls and the hallways of the school with paintballs. The three scenarios that they set up were a random bad guy taking a class hostage, an angry parent taking a class hostage, and a Unabomber-like look-alike wearing an IED... Again, taking a class hostage. It seems that the proper response to each threat was to scream at the assailant and then light him up with paintballs. (laughs) 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 Father, you're great. Except the IED-wearing perpetrator. Once the IED was identified, which in this case was a piece of cardboard with the word bomb written on it taped to his chest, they were just supposed to shoot him until he dropped. (laughs) The best part was when they asked if I wanted to run through the scenarios... Not wanting to miss the opportunity to shoot off-duty police officers with paintballs, I gladly accepted. Yes, a man of the cloth. When the training was over, the officers swept up the empty gas cartridges and did their best to wash up the paint-filled walls. The next day, when the students were back in class, they discovered a few random paint splatters that were missed in the cleanup. When one of the students asked their teacher about the splatter, what else could she say other than, the paint is there to keep you safe? I will say, because this is a small town, I know a few of the officers and they are good guys. It's just unfortunate law enforcement training has turned into combat training, a fact you and John talk about regularly and hopefully is appreciated by your listeners. Yeah, the militarization of the local police. 
It's a military state, so let's make the cops part of the military. Exactly. They dress like it. They wear all the they wear the armor. They got that. They hold that gun in that funny position, you know, right? You know that funny, crazy position. Yep. And they got automatic weapons and the whole thing. Yeah. Why does little towns even need a SWAT team? It's crazy. And then shall we do this note? The um, it's a tactical response team. It's not quite a SWAT team. Uh, it, producer Iman from the Netherlands, you, you said I should read this on the show. Should I read this? Yeah, one? yeah, I want you to read that. I thought there was something funny in there. There, there is. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a good lead-in because uh, he's a donor for this program. Uh, hello. First of all, it has to be a miracle that you two are still alive. The way you expose the truth or your interpretation of the truth, real surprise that you are not taken out by some secret government agency or some 18-year-old Chechens. <laughs> there are listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. You guys are great. I'm a huge fan. I am somewhat of a boner, but times are hard in Gitmo Nation lowlands. Lately, your episodes are simply brilliant. So this week, uh, it will be mac and cheese for me. See, attachment. I guess he, he donated. Thank you. Um, I even started watching Twit, and I tell you, watching John trying to keep his no-agenda opinion to himself is hilarious. <laughs> Today I hit my best friend in the mouth. He has long been a crackpot, and I thought the No Agenda show was right up his alley. He's from Serbia, and he lived there during the war. He has a Serb. He was a Serb, a Serb in Croatia at the time. You can imagine that was not fun. <laughs> yeah, he has seen a lot of horrible things and endured great losses. He has a piece of shrapnel in his head. Yeah, this is a hilarious note, John. He has a piece of shrapnel in his head to prove it. But of all the stories he told me, this one fits the show best. This story is true. Where he lived in Croatia, he could see the hospital of the area. He was a young boy looking out of the window, and he saw a group of people making a huge pile of car tires. So he talked to his mom about it and asked what those men were doing. She could not give him an answer, so they both watched how the men then set fire to the tires, and this in front of the hospital. Huge black smoke filled the sky. They both thought, it is war. This is nothing special. But then when they turned on the news that night, there was a report about the hospital that apparently had been attacked by Serbs and this was a tragedy and many people had died. They showed the hospital and the huge black clouds. At that moment, they both looked out of the window again and looked at the hospital. Nothing was going on. Just showing you how it really works over here. Greetings from Gitmo Lowlands Imad. And he donated 7268, his PayPal balance. Originally, he wanted to send Swazel enough, but he thought, hey, you deserve it all. <clears throat> It'll take a couple of days before you have it in. So there you go. Straight from the front lines. This is exactly how it works. And yeah, we remember when we were talking about the early, uh, when they were st still working on the script for Libya, Egypt, yeah. and the rest of these yeah. uh, Arab Spring. And we'd have, uh, we'd get some, it was only the Russians, which I think is part of the reason we're still, we've still uh, uh, irked at them, that would ha they, they would pull, you know, there'd be some huge Sort of a uh, some sort of a protest or something, and then you, they pull the camera back, and it was some staged. It was staged <laughs> yeah, for CNN. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and this that, is going on over and over again. Of course, this again is all right. It's a conspiracy area. Yeah, yeah. So, um, ben, who, who, obviously, who, I'm annoyed by this, dude. Who pissed in your cornflakes with the conspiracy theory? Yeah, who, I, I don't who, know. It's just something. When I was just this Adolfa Tompkin thing has just got Tompkin. Uh, someone, someone said something to you in the past week. No, no, really. Have you been no, out? No, it just house? triggered. It's like that song that that I kept hearing. I don't even think of what it was because I don't hear it anymore. No. 
But uh, really, this so th- this this is interesting because normal because it seems to me that this is a, I mean, to, to to throw this accusation out left and right, and they do it constantly, especially on these, you know, it's uh, called marginalization. Alphabet soup, soup networks. Yeah, it's called marginalizing someone. That's what it is. And it's like, uh, I mean, but again, you know, go look I, it up. I, I, old I, crap from Gulf of Tonkin. It, and they would they lied for years. I am happy when I wear this as a badge when someone calls me a conspiracy theorist because the alternative of being shot in the head is is not what I want. So I'd rather they call me a nut job. Well, and there's that. Yes. Adam's gonna read his email on the no agenda show. Show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Squirrel. In the morning. All right, we got a few people to thank for today's show. 517, David DeRoos in Zrindrecht. Zweindrecht. Zweindrecht. Yes, exactly what I said. Which Which means swine quarters. Huh. Uh, he wanted to hear the butchering of the name by me. One thirty-three, thirty-three <laughs> to complete work. my first step in becoming a knight. Mm-hmm. I will enjoy my grand gentlemanship in the meantime. <laughs> I will continue on my way to Esquire. <laughs> Keep up with the best podcast in the universe and a random shot of karma he asks for. So no problem. That. No problem. You've got karma. Thomas Pridgen, I'm guessing, is in East Rochester, New York, $125. Catherine Anderson, South Penrith, Australia. Um, I think we, do we have a Tuesday? Do we have a call out for her on her birthday? Let me check. Now, I had that printed out, by the way, so you don't have to check anymore. Yeah, you, yeah, you sent it to me. You, you said, put this in. You sent me an this, email, and you said, no, put this in. No, it was a different in. one. No. That was for it, a guy's 48th birthday. No, Catherine Anderson. Oh, yeah. No. Okay, yes, it's all there. It's all good. And I have Brian, yes. Okay. I had printed these out, by the way, so you don't have to keep going to the list because I can do but, it on the fly. But it's in landscape. But I can't read yeah. the printout. Landscape mode, two two points. El Cid Campeador. El Cido. In Oklahoma, $100. Uh, he says round of karma to everyone. I think, I think we all deserve that, so I'm going to hand it out. You've got karma. Uh, there's Sarah. Yeah, and she's sending out a birthday call out for her husband. I hope that's on there. I can't tell. It is. Yes, it is. It is. It is. $100. Uh, Maxwell Fry in Brooklyn, New York. Uh oh. $69.69. You know who who Sarah and Mike are, right? Yeah. No, you don't. Don't lie to me. No, you don't. They're the ones in Pennsylvania. You stayed with them. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're, I I stand corrected. Then, of course, she mentions D.D. Dinah, <laughs> which is now the, I have to like deal it's with. In your head again. <laughs> Maxwell Fry, Brooklyn, New York, six nine six nine. He said he calls this a drone nation because he's drunk and stuff. Oh, nice, good one. Like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir Thomas Nussbaum in Virginia Beach, Virginia, sixty nine sixty nine, and he's happy he got his his art in. Uh, Dennis Denise. In Piscataway, New Jersey, uh, he puts the word three retards" in here. I'm not sure what that means. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Patrick Bastian in Socorro, New Mexico, six nine six nine. Thomas Lee's in London, uh, Dodge Gaskill in Pensacola, Florida, 
Oops, we are, we're done. That was it. 69! 69! Well, not in that war. We're pretty much done with donations. Light for a Thursday. This is five. This is more like a Sunday show. Is yeah. it Sunday or was it Thursday? What is it? It's Thursday. Thursday yeah. Dodge Gaskill, Pensacola, Florida. Dr. 6565. Dr. Sharkey, sir. And Jackson, Tennessee, 5517. Andrew, Andre Mickelson in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You guys should hook up, you two guys. He, uh, he sent me. Didn't he send an email? Uh, yeah, he said he sent an email to Adam to read. On the subject line is Adam's going to read this email. Uh, I think that may be the uh, yeah. It was you know what? Yes, thank you, Andre. I'm going to read that on Sunday because there was some research associated with it. Oh, and can I just stop here for a second, people? But if you just give me one more minute, we'll be stopped. No, it's important to say it now. Stop sending me just emails of a cool link you got or like, hey, <laughs> this is a great podcast or this is a great interview. You want to help? You want to be a producer? Do some work. Either, at least give me a time code. D- clip something. Okay? Don't just send random emails. I'm looking at you, Jeffries. It's getting annoying. Okay? This is why we need the Freedom Controller and people need to get on that so that we can move that off somewhere else. You're ruining email and it's not helpful because... You go through the stuff. It's like, you know, it's like someone had the, the, the Klaatu sent me this link. You know, it's like, oh, you got to take a look at that. And by the way, un, if, you, if you're sending me a CC with a whole bunch of people, you're blocked. I'm, I'm deleting your emails <laughs> forever. No. Okay, play, play the, play, play the uh, pet peeve. Come yeah. on. I don't see Curry's pet peeve of the day. No, but, you know, it's like you said, they sent an email about the YouTube video. Remember the woman, the, the, the confused reporter who they scrambled her brain? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, look what we discovered. If They played it backwards. And so this video goes on for eight minutes, playing it backwards at different speeds, finally really slow, and you still don't know what the hell she's saying. And then the flash the screen's like, it's hooking them. Or some bull crap like that. It was stupid. You wasted eight minutes of my life. Hey, you already could've... played them. You want to play it again? No. I think you've made your point. Uh, where, where, where was I? I was at Dodge Gaskill, Pennsylvania, Pensacola. It's Dr. Sharkey, 5517. Andrew Mickelson in Virginia Beach, 50, double nickels on a dime. Man, Matthew Frescura in Orlando, uh, 50, <laughs> double nickels on a dime. Kevin Payne, Richmond, Virginia, 5001. And then we hit, for $50, we got Todd Brink in New Berlin, Adam Mori in Middleton, Laura Murphy in Evanston, Illinois. And finally, Peter Totes. Uh, a regular $50 donor. And do you have a happy birthday for Eric Hoover? I'm looking. Yes, I do. I do. Okay, we're all done. I do. That's, That's it? it? That's all we got, yeah. Yeah, so what you call uh, lousy. Yeah. And the, the thing was, there was no, you know, normally on this Thursday, I go to the post office on Wednesday to get the checks. Yeah. So, yeah, we got like three. Wow. I'm just, just like, I don't know. They weren't working, I guess. I don't know what was going on. Um, well, very, very bad. Yeah, no, it's, well, thanks. Hey, those of you who did uh, contribute, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, uh, you know, I think it's a good deal compared to, and by the way, just cut off your cable. Just stop it. It'll save you 200 bucks a month, maybe 150 What do you pay for cable? You got ca- No, you got the Dish Network, right? You don't have cable? Right. So what do you pay? Hundred twenty five? I don't know. <clears throat> it's got to be. It's got to be up there. I the my most expensive is Comcast. Oh, of course. 
Yeah, but do you just have do you have the cable, the channels? Or yeah, just they the, won't give you just the internet. Oh, right, right, right. You can't get that. So, so I hook a sling box up to the... It's uh, got to be 200 bucks. It's, it's no, nuts. it's not that much. It's like 199 Time it's not, Warner It's not here? as much as 200 Time Warner here is $240. It's too high. Yeah. yeah and, and, and I need some of that because otherwise, you know, I, mean, I, I have to be able to watch Beyond the Candelabra. I mean, you know, obviously I need my HBO. Uh, and, and this is what we do. We assassinate media. Yeah, and it costs us a lot of money to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dvorak.org <laughs> slash N-A. It's your birthday, birthday. Hey, 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 oh, Here we go. So Chris Wolf congratulates himself celebrating today. Catherine Anderson celebrates her own birthday. Uh, she turned 33, magic number on the 28th. Send pictures. Brian Vaughn turns 48 today. Happy birthday to himself. Sarah Greer says happy birthday to her lovely husband, Mike. And don't we love them both? And Laura Murphy says happy birthday to Eric Hoover in advance. Uh, he'll be celebrating on June 20th. I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again around that time. Happy birthday from your friends here at the best podcast in the universe. And we have no nights, no title changes, no nothing. However, I do have some exciting news, John. Okay. So uh, this is exciting because I can once again uh, play uh, Amaze the Professor at our next dinner party here in Austin with our club, our, our Obama Bot Dinner Club. Uh, now, remember, I, uh, I amazed the brain professor when I told him that the, uh, the uh, National Oceanographic uh, Institute uh, Association, and that's how I said it, had changed the earthquake measurement from the Richter scale to their bullcrap scale. Right. And now we have another one. We do indeed. Apparently... The uh, measurement that is used for hurricanes and tor or tornadoes, the Fujita scale, which used to be signified by an F number, has now changed to the enhanced Fujita scale. <laughs> and did you read about this thing? Yeah, it's great. So the new scale. Hey, these global warming uh, numbers aren't adding up. It's not high enough. I got an idea. Let's make a new one. So the new scale was unveiled, and we missed this one, at the National Weather Service at a conference of the American... We totally missed this, and I feel so bad I feel about bad, it. too. At the American Meteorological Society in Atlanta, February 2nd, 2006, it was developed between 2000 and 2004 by the Fujita Scale Enhancement Project of the Wind Science and Engineering Research Center, of course, at Texas Tech, which brought together dozens of expert meteorologists and civil engineers in addition to its own resources. But here's what, what was interesting. It, and it's very similar to what they did with the earthquake. So the Fuj enhanced Fujita scale is a damage scale and only a proxy for actual wind speeds. So while the wind speeds associated with the damage listed uh, have not undergone empirical analysis. So... They don't actually stand there with like one of those egg cup things <laughs> that whips around really fast to get a speed. They do it all post post the fact. Did you know that? Yeah, apparently they uh, have. Uh, I think one of our uh, producers told us that 
the way they do it now allows for F3s and F4s to be to now be F5s. recategorized as F5s, which allows the the warmest to come out and say, F5. oh, there's going to be a lot more F5 tornadoes, and yeah. that's because of global warming. That's exactly what it is. And and they just leave off the E and just right. say F. It should be EF, but it's not. They just say F. So damage indica- indicators, there's 28 damage indicators which help determine this number, such as types of structures and vegetation destroyed, each with a varying number of degrees of damage. This is so unscientific. This has nothing to do with, with the actual science of measuring a tornado. I had no idea it was such bull crap. It doesn't surprise me. But this is crazy. So so this thing... In- no, I know. What's weird to, to me is that some of the most unscientific stuff is all part of this admixture of bull crap to create some supposed agreement with scientists. This is... This is, we're getting so unscientific, it's unbelievable. Shut up already. It's science. Yeah, listen to Dr. Kiki. She knows what to do with you. Um, hold on a second. I have, uh, where is it? I was a little unprepared, sorry, but here we go. Now entering second half of show. All right. Not one, but two Similar stories today, which need to be discussed. And this uh, uh, is about uh, NASA's Curiosity rover, which has been in the news again. Uh, I keep seeing, you know, the whatever bullcrap story they're talking about. Now, of course, we all know my theory. This thing is just parked somewhere in Arizona. <laughs> and uh, And... <laughs> So there's two stories. The first one is, and, and so this thing is sending pictures from Arizona back to home base. And uh, so now we have found a rat on the surface of Mars in the pictures, which no one else can explain. And a, a lizard has also been spotted on the surface of Mars. Both of these stories uh, linked in the show notes at 517.nashownotes.com. <laughs> yeah. They got Gila monsters on Mars. Yeah, yeah. so they, there is a rat. They got a, like a little desert rat. It's sitting between the rocks there. And, yeah, and, and you know, where are all the scientists now? How are you going to explain this one away? Is it just a figment of my imagination? Photoshop. Uh, Photoshop that this... Just to, to kind of... Uh, Photoshop. No, it's from the raw image files that, that NASA makes available. It's from their raw image files. Here, Somebody here. slipped it in. No, 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 no. Here, Mars rat spied by NASA's... This is from... Uh, this is Fox News. So, of course... Oh, it's yeah, by, Fox, Fox News. They're not reliable. Cons- they're liars. Uh, right wings, Fox News. Photo taken September 28th, 2012. Depicts the rock nest site where NASA's rover took a scoopful of sand... Uh, creature was identified by a blog, and uh, it, I mean, you look at the picture, and it, it looks like a rat sitting right there. Like, it actually looks more like kind of a hamstery type type animal. See, is there a video of this? No. So, so yeah, all right. And then the um, the lizard link. This both came out today. I'm telling you, this is bull crap. They didn't go to no Mars. Or at least I have a reason to doubt the official story. This is from the Daily Mail, just as reliable as Fox. Sharp-eyed UFO fan claims to spot lizard on Mars in footage from Curiosity rover. And you look at it, it look, look like a friggin' lizard. Looks like more like one of those, um, what do you call them? Uh, 
uh, not a chameleon. What do you call those big uh, with the, the like, Gila monster? No, <laughs> uh, you have him in the tropics. Mm. Oh, gecko. No, gecko. No, he's not like a. He's bigger than a gecko. Anyway, um, but the funniest thing has got to be. No, so I go looking for this thing. I get the International Science Times. And right before I can even go to the story, the big flash pop-up, like us on Facebook. <laughs> Screw <laughs> you. All right. Hey, here is um, Chan, the president. Fuck. What? Oh, lizard. What? Looking at the pictures, bullcrap. Anyway, go on. I'm, I'm moving on. Uh, to an- Here's more bullcrap. The novel coronavirus is not a problem that any single affected country can keep to itself or manage all by itself. The novel coronavirus is a threat to the entire world. So that is the uh, director of the World Health Organization. That's not that same... Yes, it is. It's Chan. ...idiotic woman yes. who called a pandemic on the... Yes, it's Chan. So 27 she people... Is, why is she there? She, she can barely speak. Have you seen... It looks like Starfleet Command that she's got there. She sits on this panel. This room must be 100 feet high. Have you seen that thing with the big logo and everything? No. Uh, anyway, so here's Brolf, who takes that news and turns it into this. It's all rising right now from a newly discovered respiratory virus that health officials are calling, and I'm quoting them now, a threat to the entire world. Say it again. So far, 49 people have been infected in eight countries, most of them in the Middle East. The World Health Organization says as of today, 27 of those patients have died. And that number will likely get higher because experts don't understand how the virus is spreading. Let's get some background now. Sienna's Mary Snow uh, is joining us. Uh, let me guess. What are you learning? So, Mary, uh, what are you learning? How serious <laughs> is this? Oh, well, well the big reason the World Health Organization <laughs> is so concerned about this virus is there is no known treatment at the moment. Uh, scientists around the world are looking for answers, and that includes a team here in New York. All right. So uh, we're all going to die. There's no known treatment? No known treatment. You can't hospitalize them and give them water, fluids, no, or anything? No, That's, can't no, do anything? No known treatment. It's You cannot hide. Fact. The whole world, you're going to die. Now, let's take a quick trip around the elites of the world and let's laugh at them. First, we go down under to Australia, where we're very happy that this took place. And I think it's a very good thing. We all can learn something from the Australian producers. Australian Prime Minister Julia Gillard has been forced to dodge a flying sandwich for the second time this month. (laughs) She was greeting children at Lynham High School in Canberra when a student flung the salami snack. Oh, I think I must have thought I was hungry. (laughs) They thought I was hungry. Flung the salami snack, I tell you. Very good, very good. So we're very, very happy with uh, with that. I think that's a good idea. You know, in uh, in Eastern cultures, we uh, we typically uh, throw a shoe. Yeah, Uh, but shoes cost money. Yeah. Uh, Here, it's just a salami sandwich. And, I, and it's funny because the video you see the it's a, it's a shitty throw by the way <laughs> it's like it's not the knife throwing you know the crocodile Dundee that uh, that did this but I think it's funny don't you think that that should be our thing now in America like we throw just, salami sandwiches no, bologna bologna sandwiches <laughs> oh bologna be better yeah. yeah just throw a bologna sandwich at your politician if he's full of crap uh, who else is full of crap and has literally crapped in the White House is Al Roker listen to this news 
Hey, thanks so much, guys. These folks from Moore, Oklahoma, they survived that EF5, and there could be more bad weather like that. Take a look at this. I will say he actually said EF5. I'll give him that one. He, he did say he did put the E in front. But now... Kansas, this is uh, Kansas, Smith Center, Kansas. Let's go to the video of this storm. And you can see this EF3 tornado. It was captured by two guys, Sean Casey and Brandon Ivey. They have a special vehicle that actually went over, and it actually hunkers down down it weighs 16,000 tons they were able to survive this <laughs> don't try this at home by any 16,000 tons really that's... I don't think that's right <laughs> like 3 million pounds Al <laughs> 16 oh, okay now my <laughs> that's what idiot 16,000 tons 16,000 tons 16,000 tons what do you get another day order and deeper in debt here's Al Sharpton um now mouth. now I hate you know I I kind of hate to to make fun of him but damn it's so much funny because you know he says stuff like there's no real conflict so let's listen to what Al says today the party has been uh re reinvigorated based on a number of these things and I think it's imperative that we know what the truth is know what the facts are and have our president's back as he has ours to, to push through this like he has to, has had to almost every single year he's been in office well there's no doubt about the uh the fact that they want to put uh, I heard someone say, I think it was Matthews, that they want to put an ass next to his name like they have done. <laughs> an ass tick? Ass <laughs> I want to put an ass next to his name. An ass. <laughs> Let's do that again. This is genius. This guy's just great. It's fantastic. They want to put an ass next to his name Astic. like they have done. <laughs> oh, a bad should be so proud of this fine broadcast. An ass They want to put an ass uh, next to his name. Like, Amazing uh, to me that this guy's on the air. Just put an ass next to his uh, his name. It's just uh, it's fantastic. Hey, did you see the... Um, so the Mukhtar, El Mukhtar, our buddy there. Um, oh, yeah, Mukhtar, Mukhtar. Yeah, of the Marlboro Man. Yeah, yeah, that guy. So um, the isn't he dead? Yeah, he's dead. But the I think it was the Telegraph. So they somehow magically found an uh, a letter from Al Qaeda Central sent to him. Did they write Al Qaeda letterhead? Yes, the Al Qaeda letter found by the Associated Press inside a building formerly occupied by their fighters in Mali. Now you remember that we played all the video of. Uh, the mall, it was like they found like an AK 47 and, and three bullets. This was the big terror threat in Mali. Yeah. This letter that the Associated Press found is an intimate window into the. They just found it? Yes. It's just, just like, oh, what's this? Why? It's a letter. What does it say? It, well, it's a glimpse into the inner workings of a highly structured terrorist organization. That requires its commanders to file monthly expense reports. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Monthly expense reports? Yeah. <laughs> and they were, they were mad at him because he didn't file his expense reports on time. What, does he work for a dot-com? <laughs> I'm telling you. This is unbelievable. Yeah, the letter... Okay, si that's, that is... I wish you had a clip no, of that, because that's no. a clip of the day. The letter signed by the group's 14-member Shura Council, or governing body, describes its relationship with Belmokhtar as a bleeding wound 
and criticizes his proposal to resign and start his own group. I'm going to start my own group, okay? I don't need you and your damn expensive parts. Hello? First and foremost, they Did you get your budget in? Hey, we're not going to be blowing anything up for the next month until all the budgets are in. No, there was 30 bullet points in this letter. First and foremost, they quibble bullet points. points. And we got some takeaways in this note. (laughs) Who's doing the meeting notes? First and foremost, they quibble over the amount of money raised by the 2008 kidnapping of Canadian diplomat Robert Fowler, the highest ranking UN official in Niger, and his colleague. Balmokhtar's men held both for four months, and in a book he later published, Fowler said he did not know if a ransom was paid. The letter reveals al-Qaeda wanted to use the kidnapping to force concessions in the U.S.-led war in Afghanistan, but the plan was stymied when Bill Mukhtar struck his own deal for about $900,000 for both men, far below the $3 million per hostage that the European governments were normally paying. What is this? What? I know. This is, is this crazy? This is a business they're running. No wonder they have action items in a memo. <laughs> yeah. What's our budget looking like? It looks like we're getting about $9 million this month. We're going to do 100 for the year. <laughs> What's our delta? Oh, man. <laughs> What's the delta on uh, on our revs? Yeah, can I, I'd like to meet the chief revenue officer for Al-Qaeda, please. This is nuts. You know, and I really have to believe this. Do you think it's true? Well, I know that we've actually discussed this before, and I know there's been clips that have come and gone that indicate that they were running a business, which was a hostage for money business. So you'd steal some diplomat, and you'd get get a check to give them back, and that's what people would do over and over again, and I, I didn't. Know what the payouts were, but if it's a three million bucks a pop <laughs> I, I gotta, from I, the EU, that's pretty good money for you know a week's work. I gotta, I gotta read you some more. The list of slights is long. He would not take management's phone calls. <laughs> Refused to send administrative and financial reports. And you, know, you get those the TPS reports, Bill uh, Mukhtar. Uh, he ignored a meeting in Tumbuktu. <laughs> Screw that meeting in Timbuktu. I'm not going. Tell them to pound sand. Calling it useless. He even ordered his men to refuse to meet with Al-Qaeda missionaries. Emissaries. Emissaries. That's the one. Emissaries. And he aired the organization's dirty laundry in online jihadist forums, even while refusing to communicate with the chapter via... I hate the COO. Sounding like managers in any company, the Shura leaders accused Bel Mokhtar of not being able to get along with his peers. They charged that he recently went to Libya without permission from the chapter, which had assigned the Libya dossier to a rival commander called Abu Zaid. And they complained that the last unit they sent Bel Mokhtar for backup in the Sahara spent a full three years just trying to contact him before giving up. That is just too funny. The sharpest wow. blow in the council's letter may have been the accusation that despite this history of terrorism, Belmokhtar and his unit had not pulled off any attack worthy of mention in the Sahara Desert. Quote, Any observer of the armed actions carried out in the Sahara will clearly notice the failure of the mass brigade to carry out spectacular operations, despite the region's vast possibilities. There are plenty of mujahideen, funding is available, weapons are widespread, and strategic targets are within reach. Your brigade did not achieve a single spectacular operation targeting the Crusader Alliance. 
You, my friend, are demoted. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? It's totally nuts. Huh. I wonder, wonder where that note came from I mean, in reality. I'm sure it wasn't. Nobody stumbled upon it. Uh, well, that's what they say. They say. they say that the Associated Press found it inside a building in Mali. Well, it's not, it's not completely unbelievable that a note like that existed. So, the, um, so there is the, uh, well, it's a, it's a translation, of course, but it is from the AP. It's in the show notes. Um, PDF. And uh, it's a translation of what they say is, is the note. Huh. Funny, isn't it? So, it is. so on one hand, it, it kind of... You can't segue out of this piece. No, but... <laughs> I can't... I know, I'm, I too am it's just too baffled. too ridiculous. I, I too am just baffled. Um, but it, you, if you read the whole letter and how many pages... It's like, it's pages and pages. It's... I mean, I've seen some letters in my in my time, you know, where people are pissed off and, you know, you got to fire someone or, you know, you're not doing a good job. But this is just, it just blows everything away. You know, it's like I was just not doing his job. You know, does the inadequacy come from consultation and coordination, which we are in system, or does it come from unilateral behavior along the lines of our brother Abu Abbas which produced a blatant inadequacy, trading the weightiest case, the Canadian diplomats, for the meager price of 700,000 euros. So they're like bitching about sales. <laughs> yeah, the guy, he couldn't close a higher, he couldn't close the real deal. He had to take a, a discount. We, we do not do discounts. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. That was uh, 220. <laughs> we do not do discounts. Listen, Makta, we do not do discounts. That was my German. That wasn't good. No, it could have been better. <laughs> but isn't that sad? It's very funny. Yeah, well, it just shows you that this is just, it's just nuts. So uh, I'm watching uh, C-SPAN, and of all people that are on, call Human uh, Resources. We got to fight. We got to call Human Resources about this Mukhtar guy. Oh yeah, Mukhtar. <laughs> uh, so Amy Goodman's being interviewed. Oh really? Wait, and it is... was so funny to listen to this one. I have this, I have two clips. Hmm. One of them, well, I actually played the, the short clip first because she, she's just babbling and she's throwing in memes and she doesn't know what she's talking about. I, I'll just play this clip. The media is what is what message. And right. I'll ask you when she says she's describing how green they are in the studio. Let me just say that this is Amy Goodman. She uh, hosts the uh, National Democracy Treasure now. Uh, uh, public television program. So uh, you know, basically government approved. Democracy now. Uh, Obama bought approved for sure. Oh, no, she's, a, she's a major Obama bot. Even though the, every story they bring up recently is like, why would you support this guy? But no, this is which is the great irony of, of the show. But Cycled anyway. bottles, um, uh, cemented together. Uh, we in you know data centers and in, in our machine room that all TV stations and radio stations have to deal with, and uh, lots of places deal with data centers. We really pioneered a way to uh, because all the electronics give off so much heat to work out a way to uh, try to use less energy in dealing with this because we really do believe that the medium has to be the message. What? <laughs> what is she saying? I'm asking you. So, okay, so here's what she's saying, that the data center, it's so warm and they've pioneered ways to 
I don't know, I guess uh, not make it warm because the medium is the message and uh, vote Obama. I, Green I is good. Like, Up is down. Black is white. Yes is no. Truth is false. The medium is the message. It's just like the you message, throw that in. Throw right, it, it doesn't mean anything. The but message okay. is in the music. Come on, now and you do can it. play all or Come part of this text clip, right. but this one here is. Do no, it, unfortunately, I, I'm hoping you have to cut it short okay. because it's too long. But no, well, here's fine. what. Let me describe. Describe. She gets a, to get it. They take calls on C. So somebody gets a call and, they, and he starts to extol the virtues of, of democracy now and the, and the stations that play it. Yes, of course. And she starts to beam. I've never seen her look like this. Hmm. Big shit eating grin smile. Big, 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 big smile. And then the guy turns on <laughs> turns her. Turns on her? And she, she <laughs> goes glum and then she goes creepy looking and then she's like, <laughs> then she's oh, damn near shaking like, like a leaf before she, she never does answer the guy's uh, accusation. Oh, good. Oh, I can't wait for this. Can I play? Yeah. Right. Amy Goodman, Lee in Rockville, Maryland, here in the suburbs. Hi, Lee. Um, good afternoon, Amy. Thank you for coming. Oh, it's great to be here. <laughs> I'm a uh, long time. Hold on a second. What, is she promoting a book or something? What's going on? Why is she being interviewed? What is what is happening? What I is, don't know how she got this gig, but she, no, no, there's, there's a reason. no book involved. There's got to be a reason for it. I don't know. I just killing time. I have no idea. <laughs> She's got nothing better to do. Right. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> Listener, I listen to you every morning when I drive to work. Democracy Now, and I. Um, Where do you listen, by the way? In Washington. On WPFW eighty nine point three FM. Hey, good work there on promoting the affiliates. I mean, you're fantastic. Very, very good. We really do appreciate you doing that. Justice Radio. Right. I'm a contributor to WPFW. Excellent. And I've been a contributor for many years. Um, I really take issue with your um, <laughs> uh, reporting on Israel. You vilify Israel and vilify Israel and vilify Israel. And I'm glad you pointed out this morning that this afternoon or earlier, how objective you are, because when Prime Minister Netanyahu spoke to the joint session of the Congress a year or year, year and a half ago, he got 20 or 30 standing ovations, 20 or 30 standing ovations by the members of Congress. When you, Democracy Now! reported on, on it, it was not objective, Amy. What you said was... Um, something to the effect of uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu shouted down by a pro-Palestinian demonstrator. One, one woman got up and started yelling free Palestine and she was, uh, you know, not uh, in the Arab country she would have been carted off and thrown in jail and beaten and raped but in the United States and Israel they don't do that. They just took her off and, you know, uh, you know read her, her, her rights and, and let her go. Uh, and you reported, your reporting was that she was shouted, that uh, Netanyahu was shouted down by a Palestinian demonstrator. Not, not that he uh, got 20 or 30 standing ovations. Do you remember that? Let's get a response. Um, well, I want to address the larger issue that you've raised, which is a very serious one, and it's covering the Israel-Palestine conflict. Oh, oh, we don't care. We really don't care. All right. You, should, you had to see her face. No, it's funny. It's, I, I get it. Big no, I get smile because he's got a fan on the line. Yeah. To like, <laughs> it was an ambush. It was great. It's thing I've seen for a while on C-SPAN. So I've been talking to my um, my contacts uh, regarding uh, Israel, 
Syria, and let me just tell you what's happening according to the con. So, of course, we had John McCain. This kind of ties into Israel. <clears throat> John McCain uh, in uh, Syria with uh, advisors, of course. Uh, by the way, we have American troops in the in the Sinai Desert as we speak. Okay, and um, remember we talked about Jordan. Jordan, of course, borders Syria to the south. Um, guess what's taking place in uh, in Jordan? Uh, I think it's. Let me see if it's this week. Let me just look at the schedule here well, for a second. Well, we do know that one of the top guy army guys has been yes. there for a number of years. Yeah. Well, so he, there'll be an exercise taking place. Yes. I'm sure. Well, that will be similar. <laughs> Or to what's actually going to happen, I'm you know, guessing. I, I just don't have to show up anymore. I mean, it's like... No, I got to, I got to patter down. You got, here it is. It's called Eager Lion 2013. More than 15,000 soldiers from 18 different countries will take part in a joint military exercise in Jordan in the coming weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Troops from Britain, Bahrain... Canada, Czech Republic, Egypt, France, Iraq, Italy, Lebanon, Pakistan, Poland, Qatar, Turkey, the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, war games. There you go. Jordan, a major beneficiary of U.S. military economic aid. Uh, of course, we granted $2.4 billion in the past five years, to the, according to the official figures. Um, so... Uh, the thinking is that uh, this, of course, is going to turn from an exercise into real-world scenario. And, uh, yes, the Russians will be shipping the anti-aircraft uh, weaponry to Syria. We are in a proxy war with Russia, for sure. And um, bec the, the important thing here is the Golan Heights which is what uh, has been uh, subject of dispute for decades, as long as I've been alive. And probably what we, will, what we will see, according to my sources, and they've been pretty right, particularly when it comes to military exercises, uh, you can put in the red book, we will see a suicide chemical bomber attack in Israel. So this sounds like it's rigged. Yeah, well... When John McCain shows up, are you kidding me? Yeah, McCain shows up out of the blue for some reason or other. Well, you know what he's doing is he's he's doing the pre deals. Yeah, because you know because what happens at look at Libya. Look well, at, when they start blowing places up, they want to make sure that uh, you know the one, we only blow up the ones who don't go along with the program. And uh, here's what his buddy Lindsey Graham was doing. Republican senator is facing backlash for a questionable tweet about Senator John McCain. This tweet came from Lindsey Graham. It reads, best wishes to Senator John McCain in Syria today. If he doesn't make it back, calling dibs on his office. <laughs> McCain is in Syria to meet. This is, this is how much hubris these cocksuckers have. <laughs> Seriously, because they, they know what's yeah, going on. They know exactly what's going on. Like, oh, I get dibs on his office if he doesn't come back. <laughs> because we know what's really going on. <laughs> That's too funny. Douchebags. Yeah, well, those two guys are the worst. New law in Connecticut, John. Okay. Uh, yeah, new law. Um, you see something, you have to say something. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you don't, you're going to jail. Uh, let's Actually, see. there are laws similar to that. 
The staff of the state's top prosecutor and the governor's office have been working in secret with General Assembly leaders on legislation to withhold records related to the police investigation into the December 14th Newtown Elementary School massacre, including victims' photos, tapes of 911 calls, and possibly more. So, just like... So, you know, obviously, we cannot show, we cannot even play 911 tapes because uh, that would cause either too much distress for the families of the victims or it might cause Muslims to riot in other countries, making our soldiers unsafe. This is, this is just my standard, my standard uh, answer now. So they are hiding what is, I feel, necessary information, particularly in light of, you know, so they're going to uh, flatten the school. <laughs> I love flattening the school. <laughs> flatten the school, and they lock up all of the tapes and uh, and photos and everything, particularly after the confusion. Yeah, but... You know, you get uh, in in Boston, you get or in Florida, you get the guy whose uh, whose kid was shot in the head, kill shot, top of the head. He's got a picture. This, this it's you know, put yeah, the, that Florida thing's ridiculous. But put this under your Gulf of Tonkin uh, thing, John. They uh, what will be allowed according to this legislation? Uh, they will be allowed to release transcripts of the 911 calls, but not the actual recordings. Because, of course, you know, it's much easier to put out a fake transcript than it is to let us listen to the actual tape. So they're going to put out... Oh, that's unbelievable. It's not unbelievable. It's just how it is. Uh, let me see. How much time do we have? Maybe we should get out of here. I got a couple well, let more. let me play a couple of these yeah. last clips on the marijuana thing. Because this oh, is really? coming to a head with a bunch of hearings. What's the thing about the marijuana? Who cares? Just smoke it and shut up. What's the problem? Well, it's interesting because the, uh, the, the I, I sent you the document. The Brookings Institute did a huge thing on marijuana, and they concluded that the public opinion <laughs> may, about may, the whole thing is sw- you... switched so radically to pro-legalization right. that now it's impossible to, to back off and, and, and stop it. And uh, and it ter- turns out that and you can play the Brookings Institute clip. It, this is just part of it. I'll explain. I'll have you cut it off at a point. Uh, what I was I read the report since you rarely send something for the show notes. When you do, I always read it. My takeaway was smoking marijuana makes you feel good. That was my <laughs> takeaway. Public perceptions of basic facts have Fact. changed in ways that prepare the ground for a shift towards pro-legalization sentiments. Let me just list two of the major perceptual shifts. First of all, marijuana is no longer considered worse than alcohol along the dimensions that most Americans bring uh, to that judgment. Second, and perhaps even more important, there has been a sharp decline in the percentage of Americans who see marijuana as a gateway drug to things that are harder and even more dangerous. Uh, That percentage now stands at only 38 versus 58 percent who don't see marijuana as a gateway drug. Here's the other aspect. Of okay, the you can stop it. I'll summarize it. He talks too slow. But 
this is across all the entire spectrum of America. Blacks, whites, Mexicans, Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, they've all gone on. The majority of Americans are all, they think that the marijuana laws and the whole war on drugs is a waste of money. That is the majority opinion. It's just weird to me that this, again, you know, the elite media and everybody else, they will not, the majority opinion is the majority opinion. That's why it's been legalized in Washington and Colorado. And California, of course, idiotically voted no. Uh, so I'm watching all these things, and I go to C-SPAN, and I, there's a bunch of drug hearings. There's a crap load of them. And I got the biggest kick. Apparently, the, or, the OAS, the Organization of American States, came out with a report essentially you know, condemning the, the $20 billion that's spent in Latin America to fight uh, drugs. And they just say that, again, it's another big waste of money. But here's the takeaway from this guy who's a drug czar, or he's not really the drug czar, but he's an undersecretary of state. Uh, I got his name here somewhere. Let's see if I can find it. He's on our side? He's one of our guys, but he's, he's William Bromfeld. And he, but he's just kind of an apologist for the State Department. And he's, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny to listen to him talk because he's got kind of a funny, he's a funny looking guy. But here's his uh, spiel. Let's not go into detail on the drug study, uh, uh, Congressman. You, uh, it, it's a very long uh, document. It's, it, it's over 200 pages in length. Uh, my simple summary would be the first part of it, the so-called analytical part, was not bad, uh, professionally done. The second part, the so-called scenarios, what might happen if the following things happen, was uh, I found less satisfactory. At the end of the day, the report was not actually the resounding call for legalization. That, that the media has suggested, and I must admit, I went, uh, I, I went online and I and I, I entered in OAS drug study, and the first 15 screens of what I got all had the title OAS calls for legalization of marijuana, uh, which actually was not what the drug study said. But you would have to get to the f- to the 16th screen before you would realize that uh, had you gone online to read it. That. Here, <laughs> so you don't you don't have to now. Uh, I have saved you a vast amount of searching. We, we, have, we have gone at this and we've made three or four basic fundamental points. One, all governments of this, uh, of all countries of this hemisphere have signed on to the three UN international drug conventions. We're all, uh, we're, we're, we all must abide by those because we have ratified them. <laughs> okay, so I thought this guy's full of crap. So I went to look at the OAS drug study by doing that exact same search. Curiously, he's right. Fifteen but screens, it's, yeah. It's OAS drug study. Look it up. It's the you know the drug study eyes. It always had the exact same wording: eyes legalization. E y e s eyes. All of these sixteen screens are one AP story that has been regurgitated throughout the media in a very humorous way because it's like just like outlet after outlet, TV station, radio station, newspaper. Just 60 pages of this eyes legalization term, right, right. all the same exact AP story. Very few people did any work at all. They just took that story from the AP, which says eyes legalization, and ran it. And I just thought it was just another – it was just like ludicrous condemnation of, of the media. I mean this is – if you're going to just load up with AP stories without even adding your own words to the headline, the headlines were all exactly the same. It was, it was actually unbelievable. And so what really got to me though – this is the kind of thing that Google says doesn't happen on their on their search right. engine. Yeah, no. It, it, it's the exact same thing over and over and over and over again, <laughs> all pointing to the same story. Why, why isn't Google, like, cutting out 15 of these 16 pages? 
Do you question the grand gentleman, Matt Cutts? Just saying. <laughs> By the way, they were slamming you, dude. Oh, they were? Yeah, on This Week in Google. Oh. This so week. This Week in Google has Jeff Jarvis, who needs a teeth job, and uh, Matt Cutts. So it's the Google guy, the Google stock owner, and this is a show about Google. It's called yeah, it's a Google guy it's guy called, Google stock. Well, yeah. that's what they would do. They'd be all pro-Google. But then it comes to, you know, like, oh, well, you know, Dvorak, oh, stupid, crazy, <laughs> and don't really address, you know, the, the, the issue. Anything. Anything. Yeah. No, at all. Uh, at all. So, yeah, why? Like, because- why didn't they address the fact that you were getting the same notice and all you had was a photo, yeah. a JPEG, which yeah. is not something that you can do much with in terms of creating a virus or anything yeah. on your site. And so you got... You got blackballed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And not Did just, they address that? They must have yeah. talked about yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Oh, in great depth, yes. No, yeah, it's sure. just you're crazy. You're nuts. And uh, I think Leo actually said he's fucking stupid. Oh, I'd like to get that one. So it was something. It, it was something. It was. So, yeah, I think he swallowed the F word. But like, fuck, stupid. Like, you're stupid. But, you know, um, you are. I'm just trying to get you all riled up. Oh, wait, it's not Sunday. Damn. Yeah. i got to get you on that show again. I haven't put you on for a while. It's no good. Well, you know, if I don't get on, we'll just start a show. Oh, I can't wait. It would be so great to do. They want the, the new guys at Ziff want us to restart Cranky Geeks. The new guys? They got new uh, new new guys? They got new new guys all the time. They got bought by a company in November. But they kept the old CEO uh, at Ziff Davis. Wait a minute. Wasn't there some, but it's some, a new owner, and they got they keep throwing money at him. He keeps buying that little operation. Wasn't there some like there. Asian guy who 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 owns it now? No, it's owned by a company called J Two. Oh, and so, and and they've seriously contacted you and said start Cranky Geeks again. They're talking about it. Yes, mm-hmm. they want Cranky Geeks and they want some other thing. And what did you uh, say? Talk said, to my manager. No, no, no. Let me still see what this, they have a studio. Talk to IGN my manager. has a studio in the city. I have to go look at it and see if it's, you can even do a show there. I don't know. I have yeah, no idea. I'm going to go visit. But would you want it? I mean, I'm just talking, you know. <laughs> they keep bringing me back. I keep going to video. You're, you got to be on the video. You're like bad Mexican food. Just keep coming back. Just don't stop. Well, that would be great. Um, but, of course, I can't be a guest on that show because, you know. You can't be. You have to be in the studio. That's what I mean. I can't really be on. I can't be in the studio. Yeah, no. That, this whole idea of having all these guys on Skype, I find it annoying. It is. If you're doing a video. But you know what? I, I am going to tell you this, and I'm going to say it once. Okay? If you start a show, if you if you start restart Cranky Geeks, I will compete with you. Okay? <laughs> and, I will, and I will start an audio-only podcast, and it will beat you. It'll beat Twit. Because the video thing... Is useless. It all it does is it costs a lot of money for the two thousand people oh, for the bandwidth for the two thousand people who watch it, uh, watch the video. That's about it. It's really it's you know there's two fifteen hundred two thousand people watching live, and then maybe okay I'll give you an extra thousand who watch the video. It is completely pointless. Well, pointless. you know I I think the numbers will bear you out, which is that. When we were doing Cranky Geeks, and I think Leo's numbers are the same way, the number of people that just download the audio and listen to it in the car or, or off their i it's ninety it's ninety five percent. Yeah, it's a yeah. big number. Yes, and well, you, I don't see any reason. You know, it, 
I think that's one of the things, you know, Leo's always like concerned about the five by five network, which is this operation. He should, he should be because they, they got good audio. They do lots of just pure audio podcasts. Yeah, they do. And, well, they and, do. They used to have some video ones, but I've, I haven't seen one for a while. Yeah. And, and I talked to the guy. I talked to the founder. I was like, Dan, what's his name? Benjamin. Yeah. I had lunch with him and everything. I'm like, come on, man. Let's, let's compete with Leo. Let's just do an audio-only show. The thing is, I said I didn't want to do ads. I just want to do donations. I think that kind of irked him. <laughs> That's out. <laughs> I think that irked We'd him. We'd rather have no ads. Yeah. Which is essentially what they've got. No, 5 by 5 makes money. Does it? Everyone, every host gets paid. Everyone makes money. Not a lot, but everyone, everyone makes money. That's my understanding, at least. Huh. So. My understanding from one of our producers is that they had to lay off a lot of their hosts or a number of their hosts had made the most money or whatever. So they're not whether they're making money is another issue. Anyway. I know Leo's making money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he is. With this week in YouTube. Well, I don't think any of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me uh, speaking of uh, stupid mainstream applications on the Internet, uh, it's it's it's. It's about time, and finally it's happening. Uh, we knew it would happen. Uh, it is the war on men. This is uh, against Facebook, and uh, they're doing exactly, and I know who's doing it too, they're doing exactly what cannot happen to us on this program when you don't like what you see. Facebook, as it was first known, got started. It was very simple, with few controls on what users could say. Indeed, Mark Zuckerberg's firm prided itself on the way users policed themselves. Now, it's a huge global business earning billions from advertisers, and Facebook has to listen if they don't like what they see next to their ads. And here's what one of those advertisers nationwide is saying. Sites like Facebook should have stringent processes and guidelines in place to ensure that brands are able to protect themselves from appearing alongside inappropriate content. There's no advertiser or no brand in the world that would want to be associated with the kind of content um, that's been publicised over the last seven or eight days. And so I think that... Certainly in the short term, until Facebook get a grip on it and until that content has been resolved, until the wider issue uh, of gender hate has been resolved, I think that advertisers will be thinking about how they spend their money. Gender hate. And now it all clicked in my mind, John. All of a sudden, I figured it out. This is why it's all been this women, women, women thing that Hillary Clinton's been on. Because when you organize the women, and they have this womenactionmedia.org, uh, known as WAM... W-A-M, go to womenactionmedia.org, you can then control speech. Because what is gender hate? Gender hate is not illegal, okay? It's, it's, if, if I just say, hey, I hate bitches, that is not illegal. It's inappropriate and it's lame, but it's not illegal. But so what they're doing now is they're taking the biggest platform for the reality show people of Gitmo Nation, and they are placing restrictions on what you can say, and they're policing it. Let me say, wow! This, yeah, yeah, no, take action to end gender-based hate speech on Facebook. Yes, and uh, so interesting. This womenactionmedia.org. I'm looking at it. Who are these people? Where is this coming from? And it took me. Because you look at the website, you can't find who's, you can't find out who they are. There's no about us. There's only an address. Right. And of course, I did the old address trick, and um, which is uh, uh, what is this? Stupid. 
Shut up! I got like. Hold on a second. Got something running in the background. Yeah. Inaugural Wham DC Happy Hour, June fifth, twenty thirteen, Washington DC. Want to hang out with other amazing lady journos? <laughs> journos? 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 Hey, here's a, here's a video. Here's a video. Hold on. We are women sitting at the table, but women of many backgrounds are sitting at the table. What? I can't hear you. Everybody in this because you know our fight is everybody's fight. So if you care about um, these are all these are all journos, women journos. So I'm like, oh, wow, I got to, and they have chapters in Boston, Los Angeles, New York, Ottawa, Vancouver. And, you know, and I'm like, well, where is this coming from? So I, I saw their address in Cambridge and guess who's at that address? Okay. The YWCA. Whoa. And if that you, was unexpected. It answer. was. And if you go to uh, YWCA. Dot org, I think you'll see it's the same website design with the orange and everything. It's the same thing. And um, it is surprising. And, and so I started to read a little bit about the YWCA, the Young Women's Christian Association. Uh, support this. They started in the United Kingdom, which I didn't know. I thought that, you know, YMCA and YWCA, I thought that was all essentially uh, American. Uh, incept, uh, uh, since its inception in 1891, the YWCA has advocated for women's rights and provided affordable accommodations and support services for women. But now, apparently, they're in the business of going after companies' advertisers. And, uh, yeah, it was it was very surprising to me, the YWCA, they, really. I think they've been taken over by somebody. Because if you go to worldywca.org, you find a very activist-oriented website done by a different group. But it's a, it's a YWCA, so something's up with the YWCA. Yeah, yeah there's I, been some co-option there. I, yeah, I no, they've been, uh, somebody took it over. We have to get to the bottom of this. So the YWCA Cambridge is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization. You know, I haven't really, that's kind of stupid. I didn't even see that one. Uh, YWCA Cambridge, we can do it real quick and just see what their deal is. Um... But so when I saw that, I was like, okay, something is definitely going on. Um, you agree, right? There's, there's something weird happening here. When you go to the world site, it's weirder. What do you see? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not there now, but you see a bunch of, you know, women cha will change things. It's very aggressive, almost a feminist site. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think it's what, you know, I always think of the YWCA, which is a, which is kind of a club right. where you go exercise and you can, you know, yeah. you can meet, take meet, out a book from the library and meet hot stay chicks. the night maybe. Yeah. Meet hot chicks. Maybe not. No, no. Okay. So they have the, the Cambridge YMCA did, uh, let's see, do they have their forms? They don't have the 2012 form up, of course. This is the Form 90s, my favorite, my favorite pastime. This is their 2011 form. They did uh, $3 million in revenue. In, uh, That's just a Cambridge operation? Just Cambridge. Okay. Let me see if I can... It's a, it's a 501c3, so that means they, they will disclose their donors. Uh, let me see if I can find anything real quick. I may, this may be something we have to do on, for Sunday. 
but I agree, there's something going on. And th- in general, yeah, the, the subtitle from Worldwide WCA is "Women Leading Change." Oh boy, you can make a difference. Support women and girls to claim their rights. We got to uh, put these women in their place, John. <laughs> common concern coming up. And they did YMCA, World YMCA events at the 23rd session of the Human Rights Here, Council. Listen to this. So this is this their, very interesting. This is the organization. Is, this, is on the, this is their official tax form. You tell me if this sounds like what they're doing. The organization provides 35 programs to promote and inspire lifelong development for children, adults, and families through programs that build healthy spirit, mind, and body for all the organization's membership services program, providing... Uh, a diverse client population with a broad continuum of services which include aquatics, yoga, aerobics, basketball leagues, personal training, martial arts, and numerous classes for all ages. Nowhere does it say, oh yeah, and we go after advertisers. Strange, huh? Yeah, this become a pressure group. Yeah. Well, we can figure this out quite easily, and we'll do it in the future because the show's over. Yeah. But we will do it by finding out who the new person is that came in. We'll make that promise. Fact. We'll find out who it is. There's a person that came in to change things. That's right. Okay. I was going to play something as the, as the, the last clip. What was there was something that you had that was really good. I just can't remember what it was. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Oh, yeah, you can play some tech analysis from idiots. (laughs) Okay. Hey, you know what? If people support the show enough, then why don't we just add uh, a whole bunch of tech to the show? We can do it better than anybody else. Well, we can definitely do it better than these idiots that you're going to hear. <laughs> All right, I'll play that. We'll be back on Sunday, and uh, I'll, just, I'll just bring you some tech analysis because I think it's time we start putting more of that in the show. Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State, home of the cross-dressing governor. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. Talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda. And Yahoo make this work without spoiling the freewheeling spirit that has made Tumblr so popular. I spoke earlier with Mario Armstrong, digital lifestyle expert for HLN, and Katie Linendahl, tech analyst for ESPN and Spike TV. Katie Linendahl, how would you describe the combination of old internet giant Yahoo and new kid on the block Tumblr? Well, it's probably not the, pro- the most appropriate analogy, but I like to say this is like the super hot supermodel paired with the old creepy guy. And you're like, this just doesn't kind of work. What's going on here? Oh, the old creepy guy has a billion dollars. That's why there's <laughs> That's a mismatch. Okay, well, of course, That's how the, I like to think of Yahoo Tumblr. The old creepy guy is headed by a woman, the young CEO, Marissa Mayer. <laughs> and in the official press release announcing the billion-dollar acquisition of Tumblr, she vowed not to screw it up. Why'd she say that? Because she better not. I mean, this is, look, Yahoo is in a state of emergency right now. Everyone can act like they're okay, but really they're not. And this is the best podcast in the Dvorak.org slash N-A